Two little mice fell in a bucket of cream. The first mouse quickly gave up and drowned. The second mouse wouldn't quit. He struggled so hard that eventually he churned that cream into butter and crawled out. Gentlemen, as of this moment, I am that second mouse. It's amazing. He's talking about motorcycle insurance. Now let's start the show. Step out of the cold. Perfect record, guys. Perfect record. We did it so well. God damn it. Goodness. What's up, guys? What is up, everybody? Everyone, welcome, Tyler. What's up, Tyler? What up, everyone? Hi, Hi Tyler. Everyone. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. Yeah, and so for all those out there in the world, either listening to the live stream or going to listen to this on their way to work, ready to scream at the top of their lungs, welcome back to another episode of the Second Mouse Podcast. A little uh, housekeeping, first and foremost. If you haven't liked and subscribed on any of the major streaming platforms, do us a favor and pull over to the side of the road right now. Or stop listening to your wife or your significant other and just click, give us a thumbs up, give us a subscribe, give us five stars on your favorite streaming platform. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the like and subscribe and the alert too. Um, if I mean, you... to be honest, give us four stars. We're okay with that too. Yeah, that's fine. We're not worried. No, fuck that. Freeze the threshold. Anything below three. Fuck, fuck housekeeping um, because... We we have like an elephant in the room here, and it's a person who's been missing for a while. That's true. Mr. Gato, welcome back, sir. So guys. <laughs> what a welcome. I don't know what you guys of, are talking about. A lot of energy. I don't yeah. know what you guys are talking about. I wasn't gone. I was here the entire time. Gato I, I just wouldn't let me I, on. I was I was waiting in the lobby and I, you I guys understand said, for legal purposes you can't talk about your time in Guantanamo Bay, but like Oh no, I can talk about it. Oh, okay. It's just frowned upon because they might send you back. So did you That's get a I escaped Guantanamo Bay and all I got is this lousy t-shirt souvenir? <laughs> or... So there's there's like hobby hour while you're there or like, oh. you know, you get to work on your hobbies. And I actually got to screen print my own shirt about wow. Guantanamo. It was cool. Did you guys have like a basketball league there too? Uh, Yeah, but someone cut somebody like the first like five minutes into the game and... They kind of had to cancel the rest of it. It was going to be a good tournament. Um, they just, but did you also you know, get like a 2K tournament as well? Does that translate for international terrorists? Are they in on that? Or is it more of a FIFA vibe there? Tell us your so, experience. So I think there was an issue with the translation because halfway through the game, it turned into a soccer match. Um, you know, I, I guess when, when presented... Um, with a ball, most people just want to kick it, but um, you know that didn't go over so well entirely. Yeah. Well, either way, welcome back. Yeah, we let you. We we tried to get you in, but like we had to call. I had to call Biden. I had to call Buttigieg, but he was too busy looking like a nerd in East Palestine with his fucking hard hat. So, but all the same, we're we're happy I that you're back. It. I appreciate it. 
and we're excited w- to, to hear about your um, employee of the month that you received from the Circuit City in Scottsdale, too. Big news coming out of your neck of the woods over here. Really? This is yep. news to me. Well, we had a we had an internal informant <laughs> provide all of this information on our last episode, which yeah, I don't know. Send me back to Guantanamo. Just never this is actually the worst intro attention. ever. <laughs> Spoken like a man who was recently free. Look, the improv boot camp that I went to that took up last two weeks did not take. So I'm sorry, guys. So that's what they're calling it now. Yeah. Do you get like no, a ninety that, day return? Like, like, can you return your your certificate and get your money back? <laughs> I should try. I should try. Well, I am gonna say that like Q did say he was gonna possibly call Marjorie Taylor Green, but I see he chose not to because that. Oh, I, oh, I called there. That well, you guys are back. They're they're CrossFit times. buddies, so yeah, we 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 exchange QAnon lore, and uh, you know, we talk about doing like up downs or whatever the fuck CrossFit does. So you know. <laughs> I was just telling my friend that CrossFit is 60% of people there do not look like they're in shape at all. <laughs> it's so weird because we, we have a buddy who's like obsessed with CrossFit and it really, like I went like he got some kind of like mega deal for me. Um, so it was like 20 classes for, for like 40 bucks or something. It was something crazy. And like, they expect you to be there like every single day. And I'm like, I'm yeah. not coming every single day. Mind you, I was like massively out of shape and all that. So I, but I'm going, and I'm like, everyone is just very robotic in their way of doing things, and it's like I know they call like they joke that it's a cult. It's it an gives off major cult vibe. It's in like an acceptable American cult, cult at this point. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. it's fitness. It's right? a matter yeah. of working out. No, I'm telling you, <laughs> there is not a single CrossFit gym in this fucking country that doesn't have the Blue Lives Matter flag hanging, and it's like. Every single time, I don't mind. Yeah, it's just, without fail. If it's, you're if you're south of the Mason Dixon line, there's definitely a Blue Lives Matter flag. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm in Long Island, and there's Blue Lives Matter. The guy it's, that it, created CrossFit actually got fired from CrossFit because yeah. he's like a well-known bigot and racist. So yeah. makes sense. Lands, but it's so weird because like everyone is like a little too nice. And it's like, what? everyone's like, we're so happy that you're here. It's great. And I'm like, okay. Like, well, I mean, they have to get their, like, they have to get their quota for the month. Like, if they don't get three uh, new people, if they don't get three new people, then then they go down a status in the, tri- in the triangle. In the pyramid. I'm sorry, wait, wait. Because it is a marketing, yeah, because it's a giant a marketing status scheme. Yeah. A, God, it's Scientology, isn't it? It's just Scientology. <laughs> At the end, yeah, yeah, you just level up till it's Scientology. Which so like was... Your Ethan, your, what are those levels for uh, your... your Thetan levels or whatever. I, oh yeah. That, when are we going clear and like doing <laughs> like so squats? One of the weird things when I was in Phoenix was there was so you were in Phoenix. There was so you were in Phoenix. Shit. I'm not saying it was recently. I'm saying one time when I was in Phoenix, <laughs> allegedly. Jeez. Um, they so have Scientology commercials now. It's really they're bizarre, and they're and they're kind of like they're not too far off from like one of those like. U.S. Marines or or uh, U.S. Army like recruitment videos, <laughs> like the brave, the proud, <laughs> the Scientologists. Scientology, be all you can be. Yeah. Well, they were were they trying to get you to join the Sea Org? Is that what they were like leaned towards? 
I don't know. It was a lot of pictures flashing really fast on screen, so it bordered on subliminal messaging. <laughs> if you watch like so many of them, then with your eyes just bled open, like you, you will be a like you will frame, be a Scientologist. Frame like by the- frame, there's a message inside. Well, there's probably a few messages inside. One of them's a "Help me" from the director. Like, please, I can't escape. They have me locked in a basement. It's like that movie Videodrome where you watch it too much and then all of a sudden your head explodes. Yeah, exactly. I heard if you play those commercials backwards, it also says a whole different message. There you go. Like, uh, I read I read that on cue boards. It tells you where Shelly yeah. Miscavige is. Yeah. It tells you where the long lost founder's wife has been. No one's seen her yeah, for seven Shelly, years. Shelly Miscavige, yeah. 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 <laughs> yep. Yeah, no, like they, they they'll like block you if like they'll they'll go after you if you even ask. So it's pretty crazy. Yeah, shit's wild. So let's get into it. So we have Tyler here as our guest co-host. Tyler, if you want to just do us a favor and introduce yourself and share with us the last time and location you committed a crime. Oh, man. Okay, so name's Tyler. Uh, What's your favorite uh, color, Tyler? My favorite color is purple. Interesting. Um, like Like a deeper color purple. I don't like wearing it. It's really weird. I don't know. Yeah. Um. My last crime, uh, I definitely put out the I put out the recycle and the trash bin last week. Oh, prison! When it, it was, when it was when it was just when it was just trash day. How do you fucking sleep at night? I well comfortably <laughs> with a pillow my, between my legs. <laughs> <laughs> I sleep I sleep real well with the fan on, just like nice and snuggled. Real CPAP well. machine snug on your face. Oh yeah, it's strapped. Well, it's got double straps, so like it doesn't fall. If I if I roll, it's like the Bane mask. Yeah, don't. And if you pop off, <laughs> nobody know who I was, so I put on the mask. Yeah. No. <laughs> Good this night, Batman. <laughs> I have sleep apnea. Yeah, my my fiance has to wear noise canceling headphones just to sleep at night because it's just like it's just. <sighs> all night so it's more darth vader than bane then like well it's it's tough it's tough i don't i don't have a i don't have a fancy mic i'm just rocking i'm just rocking our lord over our overlord apples mic so it's it's hard it's hard you know it'd be really cool if you had the cpat machine and you had the leather jacket on and in your sleep you were reciting lines from bane to your fiance all right i i think we should just restart the show give me five i'm gonna go upstairs real quick i'm gonna grab it I'll meet you back in five. Give me five. <laughs> I think we can accommodate that. I'll be back, uh, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot happened in this last week. Uh, we got a couple topics here. But first and foremost, probably the most jarring news that has come out is, turns out COVID came from a lab. No. Allegedly. Allegedly. So there was a report that came out by, was it the Department of Energy? Yeah, I think that- so. With low confidence, they can speculate that COVID was leaked from a lab. And I guess it depends on which side of the political spectrum you fall. There are folks that are saying this is not a big deal because they said it's a low confidence report. And then there's other folks. They said most likely. Yeah. But they had prefaced it with, we can't be 100% sure about this, or we can't even be like 70% sure. Mm -hmm. Um, So we can still continue to stick our nose up at wet markets or no? No, have Adam. They're all yours now. You can go back if you want. I love um, them. So good. 
the quality. But, but there's also the other end of the political spectrum, too, that is essentially feeling vindicated that they were saying this all along, but the media and the government was telling them that they were effectively being silenced about it. Again, we were canceling people over words. Um, I love the word cancel. It's so funny. It's timeless shit right there. Um, Here's my issue. So why bother putting it out if you have low confidence? Because all you're really doing is just igniting a firestorm when you are not even sure. Oh, most likely. Okay. I'm most likely sure that I'm going to have a beer tonight, but it doesn't mean I'm going to. Like it just doesn't it doesn't add low up confidence low, there. low confidence. Yeah, um, it just doesn't make sense to to throw this out there. Just to ultimately, it's like basically throwing chum in the water. Maybe because we don't like China and we not we not trying to be friends with them. But this is like the Department and... of Energy. Well, this isn't like some, you know, like rogue senator who oh. got his hands on a report somewhere. They're like they they officially put this out and it's just. It's just puzzling to me. I just want to know what the fuck the Department of Energy has to do with putting yeah. out a report like this. <laughs> That's the weirdest part. Like, like, tell me about you know the latest in like nuclear energy that you've been working on. Don't tell me about this. This seems like very out of place. It's left field for them, right? What what part of what department overlooks like where the pandemic started from? Like, I don't get that. Yeah, and then Jake Sullivan, the National Security Advisor, came out and said. Right now, there's no definitive answer. So it's like, this is all just very weird to me. So, yeah, I, I think for me, the, the baffling part is this is the same federal the federal organization that Rick Perry used to oversee. And that's fucking terrifying. Um, <laughs> that he had this information in his hands. But also, I, I'm baffled by if they're not sure about it, why say it? And I'm wondering if it has to do with a lot more of the conversation around where China is now in terms of support for Russia and in terms of like where they're trying to creep into with Taiwan is the white house trying to use this as leverage to get them to kind of face an international backlash that they didn't really have to face during the high point of the pandemic or even like up until a couple months ago. Because I think they were pretty, they were pretty good about saying like we can't speculate on anything yet. We just need to solve this problem now. But it just again feels odd. Yeah. I think it's I think it's most interesting that like at this point, Raul, I don't think we're out of the pandemic. Like we have Amer- America specifically has said like this is not an issue anymore. So like, what's the point at this point to even bring it up? Like. <clears throat> Like we're we have we have progressed out of a pandemic type state. Like that was that well that happened like the summer of COVID twenty twenty. But yeah. like what's the point? Like many scientists have said like it's probably not like it probably came from a wet market. Like what's the like who cares at this point? Like we have a vaccine. If most people were vaccinated, this wouldn't be an issue, right? Right. And I think it's more so the people who there's a small population of people that have been saying this from the start and they keep bringing this up over and over again because they want to feel vindicated by it. Yeah. So I think it's less of like, is this actual news that's good or is it just a thing? And right now it just feels like a thing. I, I feel like we got gaslighted a little bit because we're all probably like, yeah, this came from a lab. Like 
most likely it leaked from a lab and now they're they were like no don't you dare say that how dare you say this and and we're like okay what are we supposed to say we'll tell you what to say when it's time and now they're like yeah maybe came from a lab i don't know like we're just testing the water here how do you feel about this what uh, if it came from a lab we're just gonna say that what, what's your reaction if we told you it did come from a lab <laughs> It just sounds like, you know, it, it does sound like a like a QAnon person talking like, I don't know, maybe it came from a lab. I don't fucking know. Like low confidence, but whatever. It came from a lab. It just I, I saw a few things online about it. I you know, what, but, what am I supposed to tell you? It was on Facebook. It was on Facebook. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I yeah, the, the Department of Energy was like, We we scan Facebook and consensus is that it came from lab. So we're just gonna say that. Look, we did our research. Talked to my uncle Gary, and he talked to another guy who knows somebody who worked at NASA, who's friends with somebody who worked at CDC, and that dude was hammered one night, and he said, "Yeah, it came from the lab." Are we not sure that Aaron Rodgers hasn't been a consultant for the Department of Energy recently? He might We're have just left sure. the lab. I no, mean, he was he was like, wasn't he? He couldn't have been. Yeah, he was in darkness <laughs> camp. <laughs> he was unavailable for oh, this God. for this got, report. That's the worst I, part. We got to talk about that because that was fucking weird. They did, they didn't even consult Aaron Rodgers for this report. That just they didn't even talk to Kyrie about it either. This is yeah. Well, Kyrie was busy getting his butt whooped in the second half of the Lakers last night. Ky- so. Kyrie Irving's <laughs> like Kyrie Irving is the best type of conspiracy theorist because like he's the type that doesn't really know anything about them. He just will share some meme and he goes makes you think, doesn't it? Well, and it's like, no, not really. It doesn't. Kyrie Irving is a totally different style of conspiracy theorist in that he's actually got one with shit to do. Like he has, yeah. he has somewhere to be. He has appointments. He doesn't he has know the things Lord. going on in his life. He'll just share like a video, like of some like Alex Jones talking about the elites, and he'll be like, powerful. That's and it's like crazy. I no. met Jay Z once. <laughs> it's very Elon Musk of like. Concerning. Concerning. <laughs> <laughs> so where do we go from here in terms of like, does this change anything? Because as Tyler was alluding to, like the White House has announced that the pandemic officially ends in May. Like you can just choose that shit. Like, okay, we're just setting an arbitrary date for when like this thing that's still happening is going to end. Are we I, I will turn it into a national holiday or like a party? Like, can we do something like that? <laughs> can we like all spit in each other's mouths on that day? Like, everyone drink from the same glass. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be like Catholic Church pre-pandemic on in May. Like everyone just drinks from the same glass of red wine. Yes, fucking so down in honor slap of the bag the... of Francia. Slap the bag. Put your mouth I will. On that nozzle. I will say, viewer. I will say, I remember in like early COVID when Trump was like, I guarantee it's going to be done by by Easter. Like Easter Sunday was like, God's going to resurrect and he's going to be like, no more of this COVID. Like, no more. We're done. We're done with this. You're you're not putting in a fucking patio. Like, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. it's definitely going to be done by next week. You'll have it for Labor Day weekend. My my favorite is Elon, who was like, I I, this was back in 2020. And he was like, I suspect by April of 2020, no new cases in the U.S. and it's like, yeah, mm, not really. I think we should create a holiday though. It's called Spit in Your Mouth Day in honor of COVID. I mean, I just call that Tuesday, but sponsored by Pfizer. <laughs> <laughs> sponsored by like, Pfizer and Moderna, but but really, whoever gives more money to the government. 
right. exactly. <laughs> and we only have to do it once, right? We don't have to go back and get more no. sponsors. Did you get no. one sponsor? It's did like an guys, endowed sponsorship. Did any of you guys see the uproar over Woody Harrelson on a Saturday Night Live? Uh, apparently, he yeah alluded to some anti-vax stuff in his. Um, so basically, he was like saying, "Like I got a script for um, a, a movie in which like these rich." Uh, drug lords forced you to take their drugs, or if you didn't, you couldn't leave your house. That could never happen, could it? <laughs> and it was like, okay, everyone, and like, I, I love the anti-vax people on Twitter because, like, Hollywood is nothing but pedophiles and horrible people. Until you agree with my opinion, then you're great. Kevin Sorbo, then is what you're saying. I love Kevin Sorbo. Yeah, big fan of the show, by the way. Yeah. So I, I Woody Harrelson is a very unique guy because he should just go yeah. back to making like decent movies outside of White Man Can't Jump again. I like Zombieland. I mean, he's got some good roles, but like, yeah. what is what was he even on SNL for? Like, what movie is he coming out with? Uh, I think Basketball he, Coach movie, right? Yeah, yeah. There's some movie coming out, but it's like, who does that? People like watch Saturday Night Live anymore? I don't. It's so fucking bad. You know, there's this like, and I see it on Twitter all the time. There is like a population of people who will not like let COVID go. It's almost like that was the high point of their life and they want to keep bringing it up over and over again. And honestly, these people just got to fucking lighten up. Like there's just, there's no jokes to be had anymore. Like we can't make a joke about something that is clearly fucking fabricated we can't make a joke about it because it would hurt somebody's feelings. Like you just need to like, let some shit go after a while. And it doesn't seem like these folks are willing to do it. Yeah, uh, I might have to disagree a little bit. I don't know. Like there, there's people that lost like family members and friends and what have you, or maybe someone else they heard died from it. And, you know, it upsets them, so they might not let go for a while. I think it's, I, mean? I think there's problems on both sides of it. There are the people who are fully like, I'm I'm wiping down my groceries, paranoid about it, yeah. and like they can't let <laughs> it go because there was a, a real bad reaction on the other side. It's and but on the other side, it's like I'm not getting locked in my house. By the way, there were no fucking lockdowns in the U.S. Like you, you were not locked down couple stores had to like shut down temporarily but like there was no like you're not in like china where you're locked down and you can't leave your house so uh but like i think also we forget that there are grifters on both sides like the left and the right that use covid for fundraising and now now that it's kind it's obviously not over but like the major topic of it being you know like being a national topic it's over and like they want to keep you know riding high on that hog and they can't do it anymore so yeah i would say to to goddard's point like i think when you're thinking about like comedy in this day and age i think it's all about like the audience that you're with now like like if i'm with tom out at the bar like we could make a we can make an offhand joke about about covid but if i'm with someone who lost their family member to it maybe that's not the place for it like i think i think comedy has really I, I'm not saying you need we, to be like you. You can't just always be like the perfect comedian. But like I always, I always felt like nowadays it's like in comedy, it's who you're around, like what your audience is feeling in that moment, and things like that. Now, 
we we lost like this moment changed the values of everybody right we we reevaluated what was important and yeah. how the how society worked and it was at the same time that i think there's this moment where people are like do not inconvenience me in any bit or any way yeah. <laughs> there there was that going on so like we hit two juncture like two critical junctures at yeah. the same point and they're kind of evening each other out and it's a balancing act we haven't figured out we're we're awkward teenagers in society right now you know yeah. i also i also think that we need to like comedy if like if comedians want to stop getting shit maybe come up actually work on material there's so many comedians that don't even work on material they just literally like have you guys ever seen jim brewer's recent stuff oh it's so bad oh my it's like you got the vaccine like it's literally like that and it's it's an hour of that of like just calling like making it's fun of kind that. of funny how bad that is it's so fuck i'll send i'll send it in discord because it's so fucking bad but like I miss that's why like I've talked about Chappelle before is like I miss old Chappelle where he actually worked on bits and now he's only doing like TED Talks and it's like some of it's still funny but it's like this is not like if you go back to like um, what was his old one Uh, I forget the old special but like it was it was like pure like just insane bits and now it's like it's all everything's too like everyone just wants to talk about political stuff and it's like even the people who say everything like people only care about politics anymore well like stop talking about it then do something yeah. else that roseanne Barr special too oh my there God. were some highlights oh, of it yeah. and i'm just like how is this fucking funny <laughs> she said she said um uh your gender how about get a job <laughs> that, is that a joke? Like, like it's so bad. Laughs? It's funny. Who laughs at this? It's so stupid. My no, pronouns not are even, kiss my ass. Like one yeah, my pronouns are kiss and my ass. And it's like, oh, it's so sad. I, I, you know, part of this though too. I, I think like damned if you do, damned if you don't, right? Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people go to a comedy show expecting you to go after these things or talk about these things. They want that. And they want to sit in the controversy. They want to be at that moment in case like some shit goes crazy so that they can capture it and be like, I was there. Please notice me. Like, you know what? The genesis of that might be Gatto. The, you remember the dude from Seinfeld Kramer when he started saying the N word? Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that might be the genesis of like Michael, whatever Michael Michael Richards. uh, Richards. Yeah. Yeah. I think that might be the genesis of like where people are like now it's more of like an extreme sport. It's like a WWE event more than like a comedy special at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Except people are KOing their own careers. It's like yeah. punching yourself <laughs> in the fucking face. You're, right? you're just walking into the ring and pinning yourself pretty much. <laughs> I mean, but like, you know, but like to that point too, there are there are comedians that have figured ways to walk that tight that tightrope. Yeah. So it's not like it's impossible. You know, I, I saw um, Andrew Scantino. Wait, Santino. Santino. Andrew Santino. Cheeto Santino. Santino. Cheeto Santino. That's what's going on. Yeah, head. I love. And, uh, uh, yeah, I'm a big fan. And, yeah, and like he was able to talk about these things and tow it the right way. You know, mm-hmm. it's it takes work. You have to work on those bits. You have to make them work. But I, you know, I've said though there. that you can be as offensive as you want. Like I talk about Anthony Jeselnik all the time. Like you can be horrifically offensive, but if you're funny, you can pull it off. And he's just funny enough to pull it off. 
Because the it's jokes good. are at like a higher level, right? They're not like bottom of the barrel. Like I know this will get laughs, even though it's stupid. Like mm-hmm. the best comedians are ones that are able to like articulate a story and make comments through it and yeah. keep you laughing. And I, I mean, I, I don't remember who said it, but the people that like are able to have a little bit of like a higher order thinking with new material and are constantly innovating. Those are the people that are just evergreen because they're able to get everyone to laugh, make fun of something, but not make fun of the people that are in it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not punching down. Like ultimately like that's the worst thing you can really do nowadays is just like, because like, you know, Carwin, like I like I reference that Carwin line all the time where it's like they're the good comedians are trying to get laughs, not applause. And now it seems like everyone's just trying to get applause rather than actually getting people laughing. Mm-hmm. Like it's a golden rule in comedy that you only punch up, you never punch down. But I don't yeah. think I actually don't think that you do either of those anymore. Like you can punch up all you want, but it doesn't land anywhere. Punching down will obviously yeah. cut like it's shit, right? But <laughs> But the reality is it's not even either punching in a direction. It's punching at anything. You're not, you can't really punch at anything. You have to punch toward it's, it's, it's yeah. It's like you, you want to, you you don't really want to punch. Stop punching. We're, we're supposed to be a nonviolent society now. (laughs) Nobody got that memo. Yeah. Yeah, No, Um, seriously. I want to move on now because there's another topic that has come up and it's contrasted with what has happened in East Palestine in Ohio. And that is Biden going to Ukraine um, to honor, or I guess, remember the, the one year mark of the invasion of Ukraine. And I think it's been an interesting juxtaposition between the white house's engagement with that versus what's happened in our own country. And not just even with, what happened in Ohio, but there were other train derailments and other major, major like environmental incidents that happened over the last couple of weeks. But we're a year into a war that was supposed to be over by the summer. We are billions of dollars invested in this. We've brought in more money than any other country, all of the countries of Europe combined. Um, and Ukraine still holds like, I don't know what to make of this because I don't see an end game here. Um, and we're at a year. What do y'all think? Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know. What, honestly, like, well, just those are two kind of separate things, right? So, mm-hmm. like, I, I understand the thought process of not allowing um, Putin to advance in NATO territories and things like that, and. I think I think it's a good cause uh, to help out Ukraine because obviously at this point um, it's gone on for so long that it's if you pull out now you, you know they're they're pretty much dead in the water at that point. But those thoughts aside, I think the Biden thing kind of irks me because I understand that going to Ukraine is important. It, it is an historic event for him to kind of show up there, but. After what happened in East Palestine, and listen, if it was just a train derailment and it was like, you know, one of those just normal events because there's, there's like a thousand of them a year, I wouldn't care. But like you're talking about a ecological disaster and you're allowing Trump to essentially just walk in there and holding court. 
And even like Buttigieg, you know, who is the transportation secretary, how dumb is he for taking that job, right? Because he thought it was going to be an easy job to raise his profile, and now he's fucked. Yeah. But how do you like wait until Trump goes there? You should have been there. Like FEMA should have been there. I don't care what Mike DeWine was saying. Send FEMA anyway. Because like the problem is I, I think you lack confidence when you just say it's safe and people are taking videos and seeing um, you know, the water having a sheen over it. There's no way in my mind you can just declare it safe after, you know, barely checking um, and not putting money into it. So overall, I think it was a big mistake by by Biden. Should have pushed it back a week to go to Ukraine and then gone to East Palestine first. Um, because, you know, you're again, you're just letting Trump because Trump doesn't give a shit about these people, but you're letting it look like he does. Yeah. Got it. You got something? I one, I think, you know, here he, they had made lots of plans in advance about being there for the one year anniversary. Right. And I think part of it is like, hey, this is something that like, you know, we have to show our commitment to. It does ultimately affect a lot of things. I mean, the the I think like the the reaction of biden in ukraine was that china now kind of shows its hand too like saying they're going to financially back russia and help support the proxy war on their end now and i think um i think that there's there's really high stakes for the future like we might have an ecological nightmare on our hands don't get me wrong but it could be way worse like we might that might not even be significant if we don't button up things in Ukraine or at least show support and show that we're still going strong there because we could end up in a total war and no one will even remember that there was an ecological fucking issue if if that's the case and then on the other side is we don't have all the the facts they're doing the ecological reports now they want i think i think they're sitting there waiting for the information to come in waiting to get more data so they know how to act unlike the last um you know administration that was in the white white house um they are reactive but they make a plan when they react whereas mm -hmm. it's just a bunch of fucking words and stupid things that you know stupid gimmicks that the previous administration did right so like a part of me just says you know Biden's going to do something. He's just waiting for better information. And I know I know you think this is like, oh, you got to win those middle ground votes and the, the the people there, but like this is happening in Pennsylvania. Hugh, you you're, you're muted. Um no, no. I I I I agree with it. I'm, I'm not even just speaking politics. Like like it's not good. It's not a good look more than anything because like again, like you don't be concerned about politics with people's lives. I think my only issue is that, like, I agree with you saying what you're saying there, that they are going to act eventually. But my issue is telling people that it's safe right now. Like, you're just overwhelmingly telling people to return to their homes, like, where it doesn't seem like enough has been done to warrant that. That's my that's, that's my only issue. That's I think it's 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 a for for me, it's always been a both and like an, an and thing. Like, he could have gone to Ukraine and also did this. Yeah. And like. I think the biggest issue is really watching that like it took Trump to go there and like like you said like Trump does not care about his voting base like 
he has he has made that very clear. Like I like he doesn't do anything for the the people that vote for him. He doesn't do anything for them. He does stuff for his rich wealthy friends. But he went there, which made Buttigieg go there. But like, why isn't the president? Why hasn't the president gone there? Like, I think to Gatto's point, like it's an ecological disaster. Last time we saw possibly something like this was like Chernobyl, possibly like in that same kind of like what the impact could be. I get the fact that like Biden is like planned out this thing and he wants to be there like the year anniversary. But I think this East Palestine, you could have been there and you could have shown up and been like, we're doing, and to Gatto's point, we're, we're taking this slow and steady to make sure we make the right approach instead mm-hmm. of a quick and indecisive approach. And yeah. any good politician, any good politician knows that you show up and you make face. Because guess what? In two years, when you need those votes, you can say, hey, I was there 36 hours after this happened, talking about what was going on, trying to see, trying to figure out, I'm the president of the United States. I can get, I can, I can speed some things up if I really wanted to. Like you are the most powerful person in the entire world. And to, and to add to that, yeah, and to add to that, Tyler, it, like it, even from like a political standpoint, like I think there's a lot of people who have Ukraine fatigue. Yeah, and there's a constant narrative of, uh, you're you're spending billions of dollars in Ukraine, but you're not spending billions of dollars, billions of dollars in Ukraine, here. which is bullshit because it's like that's not those those like that that doesn't just because you're spending billions of dollars in Ukraine doesn't mean that you yeah. can't spend billion dollars on the railroad, like you know, as far as like the GDP is concerned. But it's like it's bad for messaging when you're trying to garner support for people to continue to support Ukraine and then you're just ignoring the lives of people in Ohio. It it and like whether or not whether or not you are actually ignoring them or not, it that's the perception that's out there. Yeah. I, the what per, perception is reality. The, the one yeah. thing I'll say too is, you know, there was a whole shtick about how Mike DeWine said, you know. President Biden called me. He said, whatever you need, I can get you. I haven't returned that call. Like there should have been more than that. And it should have been like, even if Pete Buttigieg goes, flies in, gets off the plane at the nearest airport and Mike DeWine's like team tells him like, we don't need the federal government here. Get it on camera. Say, yeah, I flew there. They told us they didn't want us there. And we left like, Mm -hmm. But to not go at all and be like, yeah, you know, like we, you know, they said they're good and the house is burning down, but they said they were fine. Like, it doesn't matter because everyone's going for like a political win and Mike DeWine's team oversees Ohio. They can fuck up Ohio all they want, but when you have these giant clouds of chemicals flying across the rest of the country, it's a countrywide problem. And therefore it gives you a lot of leeway I I know we talked about this last week, Q. Buttigieg is not qualified to be in that role. Like he's just one big clusterfuck after another. I think it's I think it's also important to note that like this comes on the eve of like not just like Democrats in general, but President Biden like not sticking up for union railroads, like the union workers yeah, railroads. So like you have that, he forces them back. You have the reports that come out that say like the the brake system is like from civil war era. Mm-hmm. Like you have all these reports that come out that like continuously showcase that maybe, maybe union rail workers were like, and, and train workers were probably right. 
Only to come. <laughs> even Only even if right. even if you disagree with them, you don't you don't fuck with a collective bargaining agreement. No, like that's yeah. the biggest thing that pissed me off about that is like I don't care if if Biden came out and said, well, I think they should probably take the deal that's out there. All right, well, that's your fucking opinion. Who cares? But when you ultimately get Congress to override a collective yep. bargaining agreement, mm-hmm. that is really fucking bad when you're trying to portray yourself as like Joe the Union guy. Like you're not. The guy who took the train, train. to work every day. I was just about to say that. He took the train <laughs> to work every day. And you don't Man. want to back the train workers? Fucking Brandon. Well, like, sometimes he does things that are so good and then just like so much fucking bad shit too. I mean, we might we might be neglecting to the Think about the fact that um, Nor- uh, Norfolk, Norfolk Southern, Southern is probably donating millions upon millions upon millions of dollars to his campaign and him That's saying, hey, just that. listen to what they're doing. And, you know, it's all good is kind of a personal favor they called in because they donate a lot of money to him. You know, it's very possible that that's the case. And- Gatto is making Gatto saying. That big money affects politics. I would never would have thought. <laughs> you know, call me crazy. <laughs> I, but he, I, I heard. This... I heard he learned that in Arizona. You know, he got a new haircut Lake, today, and all Lake these thoughts night. started coming out. All <laughs> got a new haircut, and all these thoughts started coming out. Um, oh man! I want to get back to um, Ukraine, though. I, and I've—I don't know if you guys have picked this up, but there's like this growing like rabble of people online that are saying that war is fake and it's not real because there's no footage of it. You mean you mean cat herd? Yes, the very same. Famous conservative pundit cat herd, former mm-hmm. rock band singer. You mean like a 65 year old man that Elon Musk bought for, bought Twitter for to his, to appease essentially and be his personal IT guy? It, Pretty much. I, yeah. So. I, I, it is the worst type of conspiracy theory that it's like, we don't fucking see the footage. So you want to see people shooting each other and tanks blowing buildings up? Is that like, is that what you're looking for? Like, I, I don't, un- I don't understand the, the point. Like somebody, did you see the one where they show the, vi- the uh, image of a, like a hotel and it's got like, yeah, like, like a mortar hit to it. And then like a year later it's fixed and they're like, Ooh, like it's fake. And it's like, it was a year later, the, the construction. <laughs> Like, yeah, do you think they were just going to leave the building that way? I will say, though, and and we talked about this last year to almost the day or the week, but I don't think Russia knew what they were getting into. And the footage that I've been able to find on it, I'm watching like overhead drones of like Russian tanks driving straight into minefields and getting fucking detonated. T-72 tanks are just like turn it into tissue paper because the guys that are manning them are not prepared. They're not trained. And I mean, it's in the truest sense of the word, it's a war zone over there. And it's, it's going back into old fashioned Russian war fighting, which was like the more people you have, the better off will be. They did it in so many countless conflicts that Russia, the the empire of Russia, the Soviet union, they were involved in, mass casualties, spending money like crazy. And it's, it's fascinating because now they're stuck and they've, they made fun of the U S for Afghanistan and Iraq and rightfully should, but they've gone a full 360 and they've ended up right back where they were when they were in Afghanistan from 1979 to 1985 or whatever it was where 
they're just hemorrhaging money, weapons, materiel, having to buy shit from North Korea. And they're just getting punted on every day in the news where new shit that they're bringing in country is just getting wiped off the map. Yeah. If yeah. You, oh, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Tyler. If you, uh, if you didn't have a chance, uh, one uh, preparing, making sure I felt like I was ready for tonight, the New York Times put out a really good like expose about his trip. And it was, mm-hmm. it was a really good piece on like how like his travel and how much like it, this meant not just to, to Biden, but like, like how he planned it and everything. And it was, it was a really good, I mean, I, the times are, I mean, regardless of what you say about left-wing, left-wing newspapers around here. Um, left-wing but, rags. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was a good, it was a good way to like summarize why he went, how, what went into it. And like, I didn't, I didn't know this, but he had been there six times when he was VP. So mm-hmm. And so that, that, yeah, so that was, I mean, it's it all, all to say this is it's unique to see him go to Ukraine, knowing what we know was happening in America, knowing that right-wing politicians were consistently harboring on the fact that Ukraine was getting more support than America. And Tyler, do you think if the, the train derailment in East Palestine did not happen, what do you think? his trip to Ukraine would have looked, felt what the response at home would have been. I think the folks who support like that whole sector of like that portion of his policy right now, I think they would have said it's still really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, st- I think we're, I think what happened is that those who support that felt, felt worse because of what was happening in America. And then those on who didn't support that already were like, it just gives them another, like, you're just adding more fuel to the fire for it. So I think like if, if East Palestine doesn't happen and that, you know, that's not a possible large ecological disaster. I think folks on the left or folks who support that would have been like, look, our president is going to one of the most deadly war zones that we, a president has gone to like an active battlefield. Whereas like other presidents, they go, they'll go to a war country, but they will go to like a safe part. He goes mm-hmm. to one of the most important battle sites and what Russia really wants is the capital. So it's unique to see. So I think that in itself, sorry, Gato, is to say like, if, if East Palestine doesn't happen, those, those on the left or those who support him would have been like, my president is tough. Like he goes, my old guy president is, is tougher than, than your orange spray tan Cheeto head. He actually went to a battlefield. Like your president just went to like some air force base and was like, Oh, look at me. Where President Biden's like, look at me. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a move of strength, right? Yep. For him to go there for sure. Even though like a week later he fell walking up the stairs on the Air Force One again. <laughs> that happens so often. Can't they just give him a fucking escalator or something? <laughs> That's what they need to do. Yes. If you're Can't over the just... age if you're over the age of seventy four, you should get an escalator up to Air Force One. Hell yeah, man. Imagine like you strap yourself into that little seat and they just roll you up the <laughs> stairs. How sick would that be? And he okay. just throws up like the 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 double piece going double barrels and he motors into it and then they just take off. All I can see on the back of that is like if that was Trump, it would be an American flag on the back of it with like a Make America Great Again bumper sticker as he's going up. The oxygen tank <laughs> that they slap on his ass. Yeah. Are, are Trump and Biden both going to be in their eighties if by 
whoever takes over in 2024, whether it be Biden gets reelected, I, yeah. I think they would both be over I think 80, Trump's right? 78 he's, right now. So he would be like just kind of turning 80. These old people just don't know when to give it up, man. Trump is 76. He'll be 77 okay. in, G- in June. All right, so he'll be close to he'll be like seventy eight if he was the yes. Yeah, that guy's fucking come on, man. I've never understood that. Like, if we're gonna go on a tangent here, like, why someone who's eighty five should is deserving to be president? Like, so I can see how the last four years of their legacy lives out. <laughs> because, like, that's been like the thing with like Diane Feinstein, the senator from California. She's not gonna seek reelection finally, or is she? No, she's not. Because she didn't know which one she was gonna. Right. Do. Yeah. 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 She was like, <laughs> she's like, did I put out? Did we put it out? Oh, okay, we did. And she's like ninety something years old. Apparently, someone has said that she's been taking like medication because she like doesn't remember things. Like she walked out of votes and was like, I don't. What did I vote for? And it's like refusing to ever like you know give it up. And it's like I'm not trying to be ages, but like. If you if like her between her and Grassley, like you're not gonna tell me that you even got something going on in there. If you can't, if you don't know what you're voting on, you should not be, you should not be in office. <laughs> Stop drinking the East Palestine water. If you can't do Marjorie Taylor Green butterfly pull-ups, then you are not allowed to be an elected official. It does not look safe for your shoulders doing. Those. I just I just want to say, the fuck is a butterfly push-up? It's like uh, rapid, like. Pull-ups. Pull-ups. Oh, those things. It looks so bad for your shoulders. So so Diane was born in 1933. She was born before World War II happened. And at a time where there was folks in America who did not have voting rights, <laughs> rights in general. <laughs> like, like I don't know. I, it's the same concept with like basketball. Like if you if you won championships when when black people weren't allowed to play, do you are you actually a champion? That's a good point. She <laughs> was born the same year FDR. Won the presidency. Like, we need to keep that in mind. Like, if you were alive during the time of FDR, you should be chilling. You shouldn't be running stuff. You already got your pension. You're fine. Go somewhere else. You're fine. By the way, Philly, you're a nerd, Dumbledore. Big time dweeb. But it's nice to see him out there. Yeah. Um, Another plug. Like and subscribe. Join our Discord too. I'll throw up the um, the link again if you're interested in joining in. It's a ridiculous like hodgepodge of shit talk and stuff about Chat GPT. It's great. Um, moving on to keeping it within the federal government, um, the Supreme Court will be hearing arguments about whether the student loan forgiveness plan, which was um, wheeled out during last year, during the Biden like push for stability for millennials and Gen Z to have some economic sustainability. This very conservative Supreme Court is now going to be hearing arguments to cancel it. So um, gentlemen, on a scale of one to 10, how broke as fuck are we? Uh, it's not looking good, obviously, because I, I think at this point, I, I think it's just fair to assume at this point that any single time you hear Supreme Court is taking up X, just mm-hmm. assume the worst outcome and just call it a day. Don't you don't don't expend any more energy on it. Just assume that it's going to be the worst. Case is, is there 
anybody amongst us that thinks this might go the other way, that it might go in the favor of the federal government here? Nope. No, no, nope. no one. I mean, no. the weird no thing way. is, like, you know, it really is like the the federal loans are what's being canceled here. This is a federal program. It feels like the federal government should have that right. Oh no, Gato, I agree with you, hundred uh, percent. Right? But it's... I don't think that a six. What is it now? It's six four, a six six three, six three bend mm-hmm. on the Supreme Court. I don't think they like again. They they don't. They will find like at this point, you just have to assume that whatever way they can bend it to essentially either fuck you know people over or Biden over whoever, um, they will do it. So it's like if I don't even really like put much analysis like, yeah, obviously. And also remember, canceling student loans, everyone's like, oh, my taxes are going to go up. No, they're not. It is literally debt that they're just going to write off, essentially. Like that's that's not how it works. So the federal government owns all those companies anyway. Right. right. So they're essentially just covering the debt, essentially. Um, and again, this would lead also if by doing that also would lead to conversations where we actually have a conversation about um, how the rate of uh, how the rate of schools has gone up since the 70s, like to where like you used to be able to work a part time job and be able to afford college. And now you're telling an 18 year old kid to take out fucking loans that are going to be there until they're in their 50s. We haven't had an appropriate talk about this and we never will until we actually do something about this because like eventually the government's going to say we need to stop covering this and we need to set up a way so that like schools still get their money. You get to function, you get to pay people and do whatever you got to do, but you're not going to do it on the backs of causing debt to 18 year olds, you know, continue, especially with jobs now, like these are not jobs that require college degrees a lot of times. So. Uh, but Pennsylvania no. and Minnesota have stripped the college requirement away from a lot of their federal jobs or from a lot of their state jobs. It's it's a smart move. And honestly, because like until something done, like like, you know, we all I think we're all saddled with college debt here. And it's like it's it's completely overbearing when you have to pay a couple hundred dollars a month that you could be attributing somewhere else. Not to mention paying taxes, living in New York, which is expensive as hell. It's like. Yeah, I could feed what? my whole other family with that. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> God, the Arizona family. He's I mean, the other, them. other, other, other family. Yeah. The Guantanamo mm-hmm. Bay family. Got it. I, the I Ginny Thomas it, love child. Oh God. I just find it fascinating that like everyone was cool, and then Mohella, who's run by Missouri, who's Missouri's, they're they're out of Missouri, and they're the ones that are. Like they're the main component of the of the case is like, well, people are going to lose jobs if we can't service these loans. It's Motherfucker, like, who's picking up the phone at that like loan servicing company? Nobody. Nobody works there. It's yeah. literally an ATM. I, I am. I have Mohella. Like mine got transferred to Mohella, and I called them like two or three months ago just to help like check where my consolidation stuff was, and I was on hold for like three hours. Yeah. Like, what's the point? What's the point? Like, 20, 10 or 20 grand, whatever it is for folks. Like, buddy, that's not like that's that, like Q said, like, that's three, four, five hundred dollars. And back in my park, mine and my fiance's pocket to like go to housing, like yeah. to buy a house. 
<laughs> well, they talk about how no well, one I don't see where the problem is. They, they say people don't want to work anymore, but like at the end of the day, like if you're taking, like if you're coming out of college and you have, you're saddled with $100,000 in student loan debt, you have to start paying once you graduate and you're getting a $30,000 job. I wouldn't want to work either. Q, I don't yeah. want to work though. Like they, <laughs> no one wants to. I, don't want to work. <laughs> I want to be on a <laughs> beach drinking whiskey and fucking <laughs> watching the waves go down, like on my own private island. It's like, a very lovely like scenario you've set up for yourself. Yeah, here. exactly. <laughs> But look, if, if you have this, you know, gun to your head in financial debt right out the gate, you're going to be more motivated and that's going to make you a harder worker and that's going to bolster the economy. You mean right? a subservient, subservient right? worker? It sure. does. I mean, it's just, it's slavery with, with well, steps, right? Well, Is let that me what ask... you're calling it? Because <laughs> I'm not calling it that. Don't take this the wrong way. Do not misconstrue that. Let me ask you a question, Gatto. Like, are you more motivated? Not necessarily you, but would you be more motivated if you get I've out of college? I've never been motivated. We all know this. Yeah. <laughs> Fair Same enough. Same um, would you ever, would somebody be motivated if they were leaving college knowing that they had no debt and their next step is like buying a house or buying a car with their own money or doing something like that? Or is it motivating for someone to leave college with all this money knowing that they are never going to pay this, this off in their lifetime. This goes right into exactly the heart of this problem and why this is even an issue in the first place is because the American way is that you accept debt to get the things you want and then you pay it off after the fact. But capitalism, if we had the value, baby. but if we had the value, no, 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 but this is, this is still capitalism. But if we had the value that you earned the money, you saved the money till you could afford the goddamn thing, we would we would be doing it a totally different way, but it's the same kind of, you know, it's the same outcome, right? Mm -hmm. It's just that we've chosen to do it where the easy route of getting it now, paying it later versus saving for it now to, to buy it later. Right. And that's the big problem in our current fucking like capitalist system is that everything is ran on debt. And then there's this interest that is just wasted away money. That's making fucking someone already rich, richer. And the housing the market. Problem. Like that's why like most people don't own houses because it's like, you, especially you have these, like these companies that are literally buying up all these properties and forcing people into rent. But it's like, if you come out with, yeah, and, and I know like when it comes to buying a house, like they don't really count college debt against you. Like that's not really going to count against you no. too much. But, but it counts against what you can do. Yeah. And your credit, it will fuck up your credit score. A house. Yeah. It will, it will count against your credit score, which will ultimately hurt you. You can't be as house, competitive. But like, but like how, how are you, how, how do they expect people like, especially like, you know, newly 20, you know, 22, 23 coming out of college. Like to, and especially if you're living in a major city and like, it's not even just New York and like Los Angeles and Chicago anymore. It's like, you can go to Atlanta. You can go in the South, any major city in the South. Charlotte. will have Charlotte. Yeah. 11, what, $1,100, $1,200 for a fucking room. And it's like, that's, it's not sustainable on any single level. And they like, no one wants to have the conversation about like, what, what do we have to do about it? And that would be, not letting colleges charge, you know, like, I mean, with, with the rate of the increase of like how things have gone, it has gone on exponentially to where like now you like you'd have to you like to be able to pay off student loans. You'd have to work like 80 hours a week as a, like a, a college student. It's not possible yeah. with the workload that you have. 
And then we got to talk about the housing market and like not letting these properties just buy up all this, uh, all this land. But like, it seems like we'd rather just kind of deviate towards like people don't want to work anymore. Mm -hmm. Well, I bet you could buy some cheap land in East Palestine right now. (laughs) So a lot of, a lot of this issue, like Q, you brought up a lot of good points. A lot of this issue actually just falls back to the federal government itself, because the reason why college is so expensive right now is because state and federal budgets have year after year have limited the amount of money that could be allocated to colleges. So they have to find that money themselves. They have right. to charge more money for tuition because they know that everybody's going to be taking out a loan anyway. So it really doesn't matter in the long run how much they charge, especially if you're like a prestigious institution that people are going to pay regardless. And ultimately that comes from the federal government or in some cases, conservative States saying like, we don't want to fund higher education because it does two things that we don't like. One, it makes, it provides an avenue for poor people and minorities to get to where they need to go in life. And two, typically people that go to college see things more from like um, a left-leaning perspective and they question a lot of the like bootstraps approach to capitalism or the way this country was built. So they try to limit that away through the use of like, we're going to suffocate this like public school. We're going to make this regional state school have to like raise their tuition to kill the enrollment, to turn it into a place that nobody wants to go to anymore. And ultimately like the, the, the parents and the students are the ones that are left holding the bag. It's not that these institutions are making more money. They're having to spend more money to make it more appealing. A lot of these schools are carrying a fuck ton of debt because they have to. And ultimately like this is a federal government issue looking at it from both perspectives and we who has paid their loans since march of 2020 we are three years in at this point like if nobody's asking where my money is in april of 2020 odds are they're not going to be asking in april of 23 so going back to your original point q like it's not real money just wipe the debt let's get it over with Wipe it off the ledger and call it a day. We take $7 trillion of debt out of circulation and, oh, no, that'd be bad for inflation. No more money. Like, don't matter. Let the people have it. I mean, think about think about from a general public standpoint, right? You have people now who are, what, 30, 40 years old that have been paying this loan off, right? Now you wipe that off them. What are they going to do? They're going to spend. They're going to yeah. buy. They're going to buy shit. Like, it's just... <laughs> Oh, so frustrating. Yeah. I, Tyler, you got anything think, to say on this? I think everything with Sunlunda is super anecdotal. Like, what can I, like, you hand me back that money, what do I do with it? And I think majority of Americans say they, they I mean, we're a consumerist economy. Like, we need low unemployment rate. Lower unemployment rate means that more folks can spend more money. And spending more money helps the economy. Like, I can then, if I, my fiance and I spent upwards of $500, $600 a month on student loan debt pre-pandemic, five, $600 a month pre-pandemic student loan debt that takes us from like a three hundred dollars to $350,000 house in Charlotte to like a $450,000 house. Like, and then, then that starts cool. to look generational wealth. I, cool. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to pay the homeowner's insurance on a pool, but yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Fair enough. But I think, enough. so, so I think like, and then in, and I mean, obviously Tom lives in Charlotte with me and y'all been here like 
dollars in Charlotte, you're not getting a great house sometimes. Like you can, there's a good baseline of houses that are on that price, but like you hit four, four twenty five, that that puts you at a nice 10, 20, 25 year house where you spend two fifty, three hundred. You're doing a lot of work because the housing market here in Charlotte is crap because of the booming economy here with the banks and then the cost of housing increase because of the pandemic. Like removing for my fiance and I would be 40 grand based on like the loans we got. That changes our entire, like, I don't think people realize when the average American can't afford a $500 emergency thing tomorrow, if you were wiped 40 grand from a family, what that yeah. does for a, what that does for a family or, or two individuals, like, I don't think, I don't know if folks on one side of the table don't realize that, or there's been coerced to say that this doesn't matter. You took out this money, you got to pay it back. It's Probably all fake. It's, yeah, it's all fake. It's all fake. Yeah, that piece of paper doesn't make me smarter anyway. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think and, most of us can attest that like college was not a revolutionary thing. Like, it's good. I like the idea that everyone has the opportunity to go, and I think you should go. But I do think that there should be a mechanism in that allows people the ability because it's more social and you gain connections and all that. But the ability to go and not spend a hundred thousand dollars when like ultimately you're going to come out and still only be making 30, $35,000 a year. It's just, yeah. it's not feasible. I, I think you should go to college because yeah. you don't get jack shit out of a high school education. Either. No, sure. no. So you need a couple extra years of schooling yeah. to make yeah. up for the thing, the gaps that you don't have. And also, and also to add to that, Gato, I agree with you. And I don't, I think, I don't think we should have 18 year olds in the workforce either. Like, I mean like doing jobs, sure. But like, like professional, like you need to go a couple more years. You need a couple yeah. more years of seasoning before you're really ready and responsible enough to actually have like a corporate job. Oh yeah, like it's y'all it, ever worked with eighteen year old interns? They're terrible. <laughs> yeah, they're, give a they're fuck. fucking useless. Yeah, they don't care. But I respect it. I respect it because they're like, I'm fucking eighteen. I don't give a shit. Like, why would I care about this? And that's okay. But when I don't give like, a shit about your oh, spreadsheet. No, fuck this you. is this is like the first year of the rest of my life. They don't work harder. They're still trying to figure out their shit. They're still getting drunk yeah, every night. Exactly. And you're just envious the whole time because you want to get drunk like that too. But, <laughs> but you can't because this it, is your real life. And, and the hangovers are real when like, we're in our and, and I want to yeah. mention, yeah. I don't know if you guys have seen this, by the way. There was a, 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 meat, a butcher, uh, there was like a, a slaughterhouse that was fined like a million and a half dollars that they had 14-year-olds working in yeah. unsafe conditions. You're seeing more and more states that are now trying to push the ages down of people who can work. And like these are like 14-year-old kids working in a slaughterhouse with dangerous chemicals, dangerous things everywhere. And they were fined a million and a half dollars, by the way. Is, is this because there's like a lack of people for jobs? Or is this because people literally can't afford shit, so they need to both probably have their kids yeah. like probably both make it money. might be families they might be taking advantage of families that have sick parents or disabled parents that can't work and then of course a 14 year old kid feels obligated Whoa. to help out and then sec or secondly because of the fact that there's been a recent push in as far as labor is concerned that like people are like hey i'm not making enough money to like feed myself and feed my kids on these wages and you're charging me more in taxes you're doing this you're doing that and then like now like what am like i'm supposed to just work in debt but 
they're trying to expand the workforce to say, well, we'll just hire a 14 year old for three dollars less an hour. Fuck you. Yeah. So that's like, exactly it's, it's, it. Yeah, it's a push by thing, corporations. The other thing too is like because the unemployment rate is so low, there's yeah. so few people that are actively looking for a job. These are the only people that they're going to be able to get, yeah. and yeah. it's probably, I mean, it's I'm sure it's predatory hiring too because you're finding oh, people hiring is predatory. Young, yeah, you're finding young people <laughs> who don't have a lot of options and they're getting kind of sucked into doing this. It's actually been like a reoccurring story that I've read more and more over the past couple of weeks is all of these like slaughterhouses, chicken farms, like big box stores are hiring kids that are underage and there's no real repercussions for it. I think there is a state that tried to like either Arkansas or Mississippi or one of those that Brett Favre is arrested in or whatever. Um, they actually like tried to include like wiping child labor laws off of their books and they tried to bury it in a law that they were trying to pass. And the it's children, just, the children are yearning for the mines. Yeah. I, and I, I feel like we forgot that entire part of high school history class where we learned about the Gilded Age and the progressive era where, it was no longer a good idea to like send your nine-year-old to a sausage factory and like let them play in the fucking like boilers that they had there. Everything about that is red flag. Yeah. They never read the jungle. Yeah. I think that book of Tin Sinclair. Yeah, they literally never read that. And it's like I, I just I don't understand like how this is like becoming like in in this day and age, especially like you would think that like acid rain, like we talked about last week, Tom, like never thought I'd see this in my, like we're, we're too online at this point. We're too well connected that you can't get away with shit anymore because like someone's going to see it and then it will become amplified. And yet like we actually have people out in the open going like, yeah, we should allow 13 year olds to work in slaughterhouses. Like mm -hmm. because it'll teach them good, good work ethic. And it's like, my guy, they can work at like a supermarket as a cashier when they're 15 and that teaches them a good work ethic having them work like until midnight when they have to go to school the next day is absolutely insane insane bring your kid to work and they could shred important documents or something like what happened to good old-fashioned white-collar crimes like <laughs> what we all grew up with right and i think the i think the argument is that they're like oh these kids nowadays they need that work ethic and it's like there's a difference between your dad taking you to work with him and like he pays you a hundred bucks to file papers you know, and and actually like forcing a child into a labor position right. where they're responsible for for things because like one thing, yeah, you, you get a little bit of money and you get to like get a taste of what it's like compared to actually having to be like the head of a household. It's insane. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I would agree. There's a there's a there's a saying now that like there isn't there isn't a lack of jobs. There's a lack of good paying jobs. Absolutely. Like, like, I mean, working in education, there's no reason that I can, I should be able to make more money at a Target than I should at my college. Like, yeah. why did I get, like, why did I get an advanced degree to not make as much as someone at Target? Like, yeah. and that's no shade. Like, I would love to work at Target and not work at, but also there's the other point to that. Like, if I don't work at a non-profit for 10 years, then I can't get my student loans released. If I can't get my student loans released, then I can't go and work 
a better paying job because a better paying job isn't enough to pay off my student loans and also feed my family and buy a house. Mm. Like it's all, t- I think realistically all of this is comes back to, it's all tied to keep middle class or lower middle class and below folks tied to that same status of their financial mm-hmm. wealth. And there's always, no reason not, not to when yeah. the rich get richer. I always say to people like when they, when like somebody goes like, I fucking work as a like a medic and like why should people at McDonald's make fifteen dollars an hour? I make fifteen dollars an hour. I go, you should make more money too. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> We're not taking it from one person and giving to another. Like I think you should goes. I think I think you should get a raise. And guess what? If the going rate for people to work at McDonald's is fifteen dollars an hour, guess what? Your fucking pay is gonna go up. Mm-hmm. Because like it's ultimately gonna be more competition to keep somebody in a in a tough job. So it's it good for everybody. Wages going up for every going up for anybody is good for everybody. It always falls back to that though. Like, well, what's in it for me if they right. do this for them? And yeah. I think that's the most frustrating part of it because if you just stop and think that this is not just about you, but it's about the other people, and you will see a intended consequence of mm-hmm. that, like student loan being wiped. I remember in the was it the 2000 election when it was during one of the debates, they're talking to Al Gore and GW and they said, we have surplus of money in the bank right now, or the IRS is a surplus of money. What would you all do with it? And it was like, give it to the people. And they ended up doing that during the recession where they would give like checks to people and say, spend this money. And Tyler said like, if you're going to give me $700, I might save like 200 of it, but fuck dude, I'm going out and buying something cool. Yeah, like, go buy a fucking PS5 or a fucking TV or something, or, or, or fucking go get your cigarette machine. machine. Yes, <laughs> Camel crushes, baby. Let's go. Tom and I could, if we were given that money, Tom and I could officially start our ba- our basement quick stop. Yep, it would be <laughs> sick. We were looking up the the hot dog rolly thing too. We could definitely buy an electric deli slicer. I mean, and, I a, and a con candy. Oh, and the con candy machine. Forgot wait. about that. All, all, all this to say that, like, it's it's funny to see that this conversation continues to happen. But we know in, like, the next, like, two years, like, taxes for middle class and lower class are going to be raised because of how Trump wrote his tax bill. Like, it mm-hmm. lowered taxes at the beginning, but then it raised it to pre that tax level. It's like, it's like where, where – I'm so – I'm not perplexed because America is truly an individual individualistic country. Like, just go driving one day and you can see how individualistic this country is, like – get out of my way. I got to be somewhere. Like, it's crazy. You say that, like, what about my money? Where's my, if, if McDonald's makes $15, where's my money? It's like, dude, we care about you too. Stop shit. Like, just relax. We're going to get everything. It's not a competition. Yeah. It's yeah. But, honestly, like anybody get like anybody at the bottom getting their wages increase is good because it, it has a resounding effect. Obviously not at the top. If you're a top earner making, getting a raise, you know, yeah, what's it doesn't help point? anybody. All right, so um, we're going to lighten the show up a little bit here, and we're going to get into some sports. Um, And I know some of you saw Q and me talking about the pitch clock in our Discord channel. Um, Q seems to be truly bothered by this, almost to the point where he needs to see somebody. Um, I I didn't know you were such a baseball purist where this would bother you so much. All right, right, you know what? Fuck you. Fuck you, Tom. You know, I'm I'm not some fucking trad, okay? I'm not like somebody who's like, oh, I yearned for my fucking days when we, you know, we all played and fucking we, we like. Yeah, no. Tom, we need to stop respect Q's opinion and then shit all over it afterwards. Yes, exactly. Agreed. You're right. All right. 
I don't I don't really care too much about the pitch clock. That's fine. I still think it's kind of bullshit because the whole point about baseball has been it's kind of meandering. And like when you go to a game, right? What do you do? There's a pitch, you look around, you go get like it's 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 mental, your eyes are meant to wander at a baseball stadium. And if ultimately you're forcing within 15 seconds continuous pitching over and over again, it takes away that like almost casual element to the game. But fine. The biggest problem that's going to happen is when someone gets called strike three for stepping out of the batter box too, for too long. That game literally ended the other day because it got called strike three because someone like was stepped out of the batter box or delayed I, coming getting out of the batter box. It's I, I going wanna, to be if this happens at game seven on the World Series, Tom, how do you think people are going to react to that? Well, I know. Whoa. Hang on. Let me just <laughs> let me just address that real quick. So that was a Red Sox game. It was the second game of spring training. And I've seen that used as like the example of why this is a bad idea. Keep in mind that game was going to end after seven innings, regardless. Fine. But like if if it if it's the World Series and someone misses on a clock, right? How do you think people are going to react to that it will cry more lib it will not happen because (laughs) that's the thing it's not gonna look it's not you're gonna turn me into a fucking like a baseball purist (laughs) like my game it's gone my wonderful game it's not happening though like they're going to have the entire season to get used to this and any team that makes it that far is going to be well aware and going to be acting accordingly by that point to it and let me put it to you this way this rule is not for the players it's not about the advantage that it gives either side it is purely because of the fans because it is impossible to keep your attention for more than 18 but that's seconds not a good a thing gato but gato but that's that is not, not a good but that thing that's not something they can fix that is but, that, but that's not to be no, fixed shut though. up shut your mouth <laughs> for two seconds shut your mouth for two seconds because all they are trying to do is cater to the fact that they can't keep your attention. It is not their fault they can't keep their attention. It's because your stupid brain can't spend more than 18 seconds watching, watching Excuse something. Excuse me, I'm arguing, I'm arguing, in fact, that they should keep the games the same length, ultimately. But I would argue that the reason why these games are so fucking long nowadays is really due to the fact that they had all these pitching changes, and they've already fixed that. They've already meant that you can't do what, like, what is it now? The rules you can't change a pitcher unless he's faced three batters. Yeah, at like, least three. At least three batters. Like they've fixed this already, and like, like the pitch clock is stupid. It's dumb. I'm sorry. I'm so no, I'm not they, sorry. Fuck you. So a couple things to that. <laughs> so we we hear you, Q, and your your grievance is. I don't care about it. Um, <laughs> so there was a, a tweet that I saw and I got this on Saturday. It says the average time of a game in today's full slate was two hours and 37 minutes. The last year that the average game time was shorter than this over the course of a full season was 1979. Now I am a baseball fan, but you have to admit if you're sitting and watching a game for three and a half hours in June or July, not. you're not. So I will flip around. I'll come back to it after a while. I understand baseball is doing what they think is right for them. But also, I will I'll mention one of the biggest issues that baseball has, aside from the gameplay, 
is they don't market their fucking stars. You have a unicorn in, in baseball right now, Shanae Atani, who is pitching and not only a great pitcher, an amazing hitter too. He's a two-way player. Do you think, like, if you went to, like, a person in Middle America, like, who doesn't, like, kind of watches baseball but not really, do you know? Do you think they know who Shane Ayatani is? They know who Tom I, fucking Brady is. I don't know if they would know Shohei Ayatani solely because of where he's from. All right. Yeah. Mike Trout? Then, okay, I'll, I'll double down then. Mike Trout. Do you think that if some, you showed a picture to someone in Middle America who's a casual baseball fan and they were like, you showed them a picture of Mike Trout, do you, know, do you think they, they know his name? Probably three in ten people would. Yeah. Yeah, and then he's one that's of the best players. Number saying that's a good thing, though. I agree with you. I think the problem is, though, is that baseball has said and baseball is unique, and it's the only sport that does not have like a time associated with it. And that's the 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 allure of it is in the casualness. I think this is not going to be. This is going to be better for TV audiences. But if you think this is going to be better for like people who go to the stadium, it's not going to be. The problem is, though, is that people aren't going to the stadiums. That's yeah. the problem. Is that well? It's a, is it's that is that because the games are too long, or is it because they've outpriced uh, Middle America? Yes. Yeah. But both. That, yes, and so yes. yes, and so that's ultimately the problem is that baseball is looking at the things that they can do to address the needs of the largest market, which is the television viewers and the ones that are streaming it, like. Minor league baseball has had the pitch clock for a while. College baseball has had the pitch clock for a while. This is not going to affect people in the way that they think it's going to. I agree with you. The pitch clock itself is odd where they have placed, but I think we'll start to get better at veteran players knowing when they should be in the box. I don't think it's going to be front and center on the screens, so it'll be more natural, but ultimately – They're saying you're not going to see it on the TV audience the tv i don't audience see it. tv audience will not see it fans will see it because there's one on the third and first baseline uh there's also one that's going to be in probably right in the outfield right? it's it's yeah the right outfield yeah um, so looking at it from that perspective i think the game will feel the same as it always has it just won't have these like dull periods and i think the other thing that they've done too to try to address that is Actually, they haven't done this, but I was talking to my dad about this the other day. His biggest frustration, he's like a somebody who's watched this since the 50s and 60s. Like His frustration is the analytics component because it's really fucked up the game in so many different ways. Like yeah. If you look at the number of foul balls that are hit now last year compared to 25 or 30 years ago, it's an insane number because everyone's trying to barrel balls and hit it a certain way. So you get a lot more foul balls, which has slowed the game down. And these guys, every time they hit it, they have to get out of the box and wander around. Mm -hmm. Or that pitcher who's thrown two balls and no strikes, he's got to get off the mound and wander around for a few times. Like, we don't need that. Hurry the fuck up. Like, I was watching the Red Sox game yesterday. They were in the fifth inning within an hour. It was great. Like, it was nice to see a game with some pace again. Mm -hmm. Do you think that this is actually going to make a difference viewership-wise? Mm -hmm. I think so, but I think it's the whole sum of everything that they're changing, right? They've outlawed all the shifting. They've made the bases bigger. I don't like that they either. are doing the bases bigger thing has not been an issue with players. They don't think it's going to change much of the game. Um, however, it might make it. It's definitely more runner friendly, right? Or or 
batter friendly in that sense. I'm fine um, with that because it seems like it's going to help reduce some injuries too. So I'm, I'm ultimately fine with that. I don't like getting yeah. rid of the shift. Learn how to fucking hit the other way. Well, I'm the, the shift again. <laughs> sorry. But the shift, the shift again is to make the game more interesting. It's to make it more friendly. And it also means that your players have to perform even better. Right. So I was just going to say that Gato, like you need to now let your athletes play. And I think, Baseball over the last maybe like 10 years has become very station to station, right? Like, well, we can't, we're not going to hit it through the shift and our guys are not patient enough to learn how to hit the other way. So everything is just going to be a home run. Everything's going to be a home run or a deep double. And you've seen like averages like sink and you've seen home runs go up, but it's kind of like, I like, honestly, I like, high average guys that are able to move the ball around all over the field. And I feel like now baseball is like, everyone's just waiting for a three run home run. And if they can't get it, you know, the team has like 14 strikeouts collectively. Gee, I wonder why everyone's trying to hit home runs nowadays. I wonder mainly because it's been incentivized. Like that's like, that's when baseball had its biggest boom when it was people hitting, you know, McGuire and Sosa hitting, going, chasing, you know, those, those big numbers. So, but that was, but that was ultimately because the small ball wasn't like it was slow <laughs> because there wasn't a pitch clock because, because they were able to shift and do those things. Right. So like now the only, the only real way to make it exciting was to hit home runs and it still will be exciting when people hit home runs, but now there's a facet of the small ball game that is going to keep the game competitive. It's going to create parity. It's going to, create more opportunities and more chances i think the like the i think baseball is actually working really hard right now to excite the game and make it make it more fan friendly i think these are all good steps and look people were freaking the fuck out when they brought replay in and generally everyone really likes replay now so you know it's different in a sport that has prided itself on being the quote unquote traditional sport. But if you watched over time, baseball has changed dramatically in all of their rules. And I think it's okay for a sport that has this much age on it to have a little bit of a refresh, change it a little bit, make it a little bit more interesting for the fans too, because the last, I think they're playing into this generation of fans too, because if it's not compelling, people are going to go find something else. There's too many options out there for people to get lost and look into their phones or change the channel. There's too many like different viewing options out there. The, and it's really just to combat the NFL. It's, it's true. And you don't want people having a, sorry, Tom, I didn't mean to. to no, I, there, I, but... I think we were going in the same direction though. So you go. Yeah. You just don't want people tuning out and tuning back in towards the end of the game. Right. Because essentially if we are talking about, where money and endorsements and advertising is you want you want that to be value the whole game and that's part of the whole process you know i i would recommend like listen i hope that at the end of the season i'm like oh yeah that was nothing it wasn't a big deal but i still think that there are going to be some issues that come from this and that's that's going to be the problem but okay but like i have no proof for that right because we literally have not started the season yet so we have to wait for it to happen I'm telling you, the biggest issue that baseball has is star power, and they need to figure that out. They need to figure out how to market their stars better because the reason why the NFL is so good is like, yeah, the game is more exciting, sure. But 
I think somebody broke it down as like the amount of actual NFL action compared to the amount of M- MLB action is the like same. 15 minutes, right? It's yeah. like 18 minutes for both. So I think baseball needs to figure out how to market stars better. That's going to lead to a bigger, like a bigger star, you know, like having more stars in the game, highlighting your young talent. That's the way to get people more interested. I will argue, though, that the NFL has one thing that it can really use, and that's all the offseason time that baseball does not have. Baseball has from the from the end of the World Series in November to the end of March to basically get in line everything for the new year. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to get to get as well of a developed plan for that type of stuff. But but baseball also the NFL. But baseball also doesn't like the like people forget that like the NFL like the NFL draft is like an event that people yeah. like, does anybody really watch the NBA draft or the MLB draft? I don't think anybody watches the MLB draft. The MLB drafts like you do. Okay, rounds. well we got we, no we got not the four. not the ML, not the MLB. Oh, the NBA. The yeah, yeah. I yeah I watch the NBA draft too, especially because it's only two rounds because it's like it's a couple yeah. hours. And it's easy, but like I will, they I need. Oh. No, 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 I, no, I was no, just no, gonna no. say that I was just gonna say that like they need to get better at highlighting the offseason then. Make it an event like the NFL has. But just because but here's the thing the NFL has made the draft a thing, but it's in comparison, it's not really that big of a deal for the other professional sports out there. Right. But I think that's and, where they lack because you're making an event that's really not a big deal, which is the NFL draft, and you're I mean, making it a big deal. It works for one, whereas it doesn't work as well for the others. But hey, let me let me put it to you this way: Look how shit the NFL All Star Game is, right? And look how much people actually do tune in for the home run derby for you know Major League Baseball, right? So there's there's that difference there, right? Yeah. So they they all have their, you know, it's it's based on the sport. It's how the sport operates. It's how the sport works. The other thing is that if you're really into the team and you're engaged and you want to see where the prospects are, you go to the minor league games, right? You go and you check out who's who's down there, who's doing what, right? But, so, but that you don't have that in the NFL. I, I, I know, know it's kind of apples to oranges. I was gonna, and I was also going to say it's hard to say that, like, as so being from Tampa, uh, which my team isn't even in Tampa, like it's in St. Pete. Like it's hard to your point, Kata. <laughs> yeah, it could be in Montreal for all we know in a few years. Like it's it's important to note that like the farm systems aren't like so. If I'm a Tampa Bay Rays fan, my farm system isn't near Tampa. My farm yeah, system is all. It's true. So like, yeah, like I think like the Yankees I think, are in Scranton. The uh, yeah, so, yes. the Brewers are in Nashville. <laughs> yeah. So to me, I think that like it's different with like the NBA farm system with the G league. Like if I wanted to see, if I was super invested in the Charlotte Hornets, which that's not my NBA team, but like as the home, like that's the hometown team. If I wanted to go see how like, you know, the next up and coming guy is doing, I could drive an hour to Greensboro and watch them play because their, their farm team is in Greensboro. It's the same thing with this. I mean, the Knicks, I think their, their team is West Long Island. Yeah. Like yeah. you have all, you have all these teams where the, the farm system for the MLB makes, in my opinion, makes zero sense. Like why is the, why is the farm system for the Tampa Bay Rays in Durham? Like why is one of the, or Montgomery? Like those to me don't make any sense. And then to got, and to Q's point, I realistically, and I know, I know Tom's a big F1 fan, but like MLB could do a real, could take a real hard look at how drive to survive is done by F1 to 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 Q's point to spark up interest and in like young stars. I didn't get I didn't care about F1 until Tom was like watch this show. And now I'm like 
I'm now I'm following testing week and I'm like, why am I watching cars that have no indication of winning right now? Go around a track. Like I At think the six 30 in the morning. Yeah. Like I think to, to, to Q's point, like realistically the MLB needs to change how they storytell all together, not just stars, because I think mm-hmm. the NBA, the NBA is the star driven league, like player empowerment, LeBron James, Luca, Steph, like Giannis, that you have stars in that league, and those stars dominate. Mm-hmm. MLB needs to needs to not only capture their stars, but they need to capture. Imagine how cool it would be to capture like the South American and the Caribbean players, and like learning how, a new culture, coming to America, performing for their team, having kids wear their jerseys, and like it, it, it's to do that type of storytelling drives MLB a little bit farther than I think just like. Yeah, everyone who knows who Bryce Harper is, right? Everyone who's a Mike Trout. I don't even know that, like, this Aaron Judge. Like, that's how much I think MLB struggles. I don't care about baseball, per se. Like, hit a home run, cool, that's great. But, like, I would care more if there was a better storytelling within the sport itself. I think that's been a problem forever, though, for them. Because they just assume that this is the oldest sport in America that people are going to people are gonna find that way on their own. And if you like the F1 Drive to Survive show the PGA actually put one out too on their yep. players and it's just as compelling too. It's, it's yeah. actually really interesting to watch that one. I wrote it down a couple of thoughts here, kind of in alignment with what Tyler and what Q were saying. Like, I think the biggest challenge the MLB has in marketing their stars is that a majority of them are not from the United States. Bingo. And, and in some cases, a lot of these guys don't speak English, so they can't do interviews. So their only charisma is on the field versus the NFL or the NBA, those guys can have like sponsorship commercials. They can have post-game interviews. They can do all of those things. But unfortunately, baseball is stuck because you're getting players from Japan, from Korea, from Central and South America. You're getting guys from Canada. Like you're getting them from all over the place and you can't guarantee that they're going to be able to be charismatic and things of that nature. And then the second point too, related to like how the NFL is able to monopolize the sports media system so well, it has a very, very popular feeder system in college football. Like if we weren't talking about the NFL, we'd be talking about college football. Like that's the bottom line is that Tyler is a UF fan. He watches UF football and he follows those guys that go into the NFL. It's harder to watch university of South Carolina baseball and follow those guys into major the major league system because there's more drop-off points too. There's more guys involved. There's more rounds. There's more teams. There's And ultimately, like, there's more ways that you have to get through the system than, like, hey, I got drafted in the third round. I'm on the team if I don't fuck up. It's also important to note that you can get drafted in the MLB and then not go – like I, a kid from my high school was drafted in the third round to the or to like the Astros or something like that when I was in high school. Yeah, he he just was like, "Well, I'm not going. I'm going to go to college for a year at least." And then he gets drafted in the second round, and then he still goes back to college. It's like I, I was like, "What?" I, like I said, I'm not the biggest baseball fan, but when he was telling me about it, I was like, "Huh? What? You could just go Say, back?" To, yeah. <laughs> I was like, if you declare for like every other sport, you have to go. And there's like a cut, like in the NBA and the NFL, you have a cutoff date. Like you, you go in, you're given a projection. If you don't like it, you can leave. But if you get drafted, you get drafted. You're not going back to UConn. 
because you you got drafted in the second round thinking you're going to be a 20th overall pick. So it, that to me is also strange. I don't. I maybe I'm I'm just naive on it, but yeah. I mean, I, I think I think we can agree though. Besides Q, um, though that <laughs> the that the that Major League Baseball has has been working towards making this more fan friendly and making the modern moves to bring the sport at least into a more timely pace for the fans enjoyment. I, I yeah. think they're working. I think they're working hard at helping please the fans and make the experience better for them. Like it, it, in all in all, in my, in my personal heart of hearts, I know that that's what they're trying to do here. And I think they are in the right, going in the right direction. Absolutely. You know, and I, I, you know, time will tell. I think right now it's just going to be really annoying that you're going to hear every time there's a game, everyone talking about the pitch clock. You're not going to be seeing the pitch clock. So it's there, but it's not there. And it's going to be like the thing that um, announcers announcers don't like it. I can tell you that right now because what happens is there's more action going on in the field. They're not going to be um, – they're not going to be given all that time to like go on their anecdotes and, and kind of wander away from the game, which might be a good thing because them talking more about the game will also keep people's attention in the game. Yeah. Um, just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> no, I think that's good perspective. And I mean, I, I, time will tell. And, you know, I, I think that at least they can say like we're trying some stuff to make this more compelling versus yeah. they're throwing the same shtick out there year in and year out. Um, Want to move on to talk a little bit about what we brought Tyler on here for, and that's to let him talk about whatever he wants. So, <laughs> <laughs> I guess I can monologue here. Is that is that cool for everyone? I'll just, all right, I'm going to take the next twenty minutes and I'm going to grandstand here. So everyone, you got enjoy. ten. You got ten seconds. Okay, fuck. All right. Um, well, uh, COVID was an inside job, first off. Um, whoa, 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 coming out hot. Uh, JFK Jr. still alive. Um, uh, sorry, Hi, sorry. Wrong. I saw him at a gas station actually recently. So, Arizona or Guantanamo? Uh, both. Yeah, he's he's Ooh. everywhere. He's nowhere and everywhere at the same time. Nowhere and everywhere at the same time. Uh, so Tom, Tom realistically brought me on to talk about uh, why everyone should start caring about soccer. And I think it's a footy, some footy, a little cheeky foot. Um, I think one, first off, I think what uh, we've talked about with, with major sports right now, soccer in and out. You're first off, biggest thing it's 90 minutes, no stoppage. You're in and out and no more than about 112 minutes, unless there's stoppage time with like, depending on a competition series. But I think, too, what's most important about soccer is it's the fastest-growing sport, and it's the largest sport in the world, right? Like, like Gata, or Gata said at the beginning, <laughs> it was a basketball tournament that turned into a soccer tournament, right? Like, soccer is the number one sport. You only need a ball and your feet. And most people, not to sound ableist here, have their feet. So um, now, can everyone run? That's a different story. Can everyone kick a ball? I That's cannot. a different story. I cannot. But – I but actually I kicked the ball the other day and nearly kicked the kid in the head. It was awesome. Yeah, so well, I think about that, but kicking other grown men, too. You can do that at any age level. Oh, I do that the all best. the time. Yeah. That's, I literally just roam the streets trying to kick grown men in the head. It's just so fun. <laughs> I, I was curious. It's the best thing. 
Wait for people to like bend over and start to tie their shoe, and I just fucking wind Rail. up. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think from my perspective, I, I, I think a lot of folks would start to enjoy soccer if they understood that it's not just the sport that's being played in every community in America, but it's the sport being played in every part of this entire world, right? It's the global game. More people watch the World Cup than anything else. Um, you have storylines that are really fascinating in terms of like star players. Leagues in Europe do a good job of marketing their star players. Everyone knows who Lionel Messi is. Everyone knows who Cristiano Ronaldo is. You don't have that problem. Like you can say Cristiano Ronaldo and majority of Americans know who he is. Or you can say Messi and majority of Americans know who he is. And I think that makes soccer unique. And I think that's what makes soccer good for everyone. It is an easy sport to play. More kids can play soccer because it's not necessary. You don't need pads. You don't need a court. You just need a ball and you don't even really need a goal. You can just set up some sneakers and that's the goal. Like more kids can play soccer. It's safer. You don't see the types of injury. Obviously you still have injuries in every sport. You're not seeing the concussion type things you're seeing in, in football. And realistically kids, more kids can play soccer because there's 11 on a pitch at one time. Obviously there's 11 in football, but 90 minutes, Unlike football or unlike football and baseball or basketball or whatever we said, like it's 90 straight minutes. You're not seeing dead time. Like Unless you they are. decide to add extra minutes for reasons I still don't understand at this point. I will say, so the World Cup this past year did that. They like mm-hmm. cl- clocked, like if the ball is out of play you or stop, you're going to have this time, which made it realistic, like 90 full minutes. Yeah. But I think that to me is cool. And Charlotte FC here in, in Charlotte, and I know y'all are in New York, you could be – Red Bulls fans or NYCFC fans. Um, it's unique that you have two clubs where you are and you can be a fan of either. You see star power in New York City. Uh, I mean, David David Villa was there, uh, who was a legend at Barcelona. Everyone should know Barcelona, I feel like. Not just the city, but also... Where Messi used to play. Yeah, yeah where Messi used to play. Um, like, there's there's Andrea Pirlo used to play for New York City FC. He was from uh, Italy, played for Juventus and the Italian national team World Cup winner. Uh I think he's a World Cup winner. Um, so you have those types of things. And I think soccer is growing in, a, in America. It's the fastest growing sport in America. Um, more team, more cities are building soccer-specific stadiums, which is unnatural, regardless of how we feel about cities paying for stadiums when they're owned by billionaires. Um, that's a whole other economic story. But I think that, to me, makes soccer fun. And I, I've taken Tom to see watch Liverpool play. What other sport is it sometimes acceptable outside of college football to show up at eight in the morning and just get fucking hammered? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, pretty sick. I have no yeah. complaints. Yeah, I, I, like, I had a coworker who was very much into he big Liverpool fan. And yeah. uh, I, I kind of got into the Premier League. Uh, yeah, most of all, I, I really enjoy watching him play. So, yeah, and, and I, I enjoyed the World Cup too. I thought it was I thought it was kind of fun watching that. So it's, it's also important to note that like one big thing, so you mentioned most of Liverpool – Mo Salah playing at Liverpool, he's he's Arabic uh, from Egypt. He decreased air like uh, like hate crimes within the city by like thirty five percent when he got there. Within the first year of him being at Liverpool, hate crimes against Muslim born Muslim born folks in Liverpool decreased by like thirty five percent. So you see like not just societal impact or not just like economic impact and like fun. You're seeing social societal impact by a sport. Where you kick a ball into a net, you don't. I feel like you just don't see that in many other sports at all. Yeah. Especially no, you see fights. since Western Europe is very racist. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Tyler, a question about 
like how European or global like football has changed in the sense, like we've heard a lot about like sports washing. So a lot of Petro state families or companies buying whole premier league teams or European teams haven't seen that necessarily in the United States, but like, how has that changed the calculus when we're talking about like how this, how the game is changing from a financial perspective? I think we're seeing large investments from like Qatari, Saudi Arabia. Uh, you're seeing those types of investments from those teams because they see a, the financial impact. I mean, 10 years ago when NBC Sports Network bought rights to show the Premier League, that's a big difference where you now see American football owners. You can think of Ryan, Ryan Reynolds and his friend owning Wrexham, like, and you see the journey of them. That's also a good part of storytelling, knowing that like a non-league side, they're like the sixth or seventh division of England. Those guys are paying at certain points to play soccer. Like those types of folks who are buying those, I think is not just impacting the game in a negative way, but I also think hoping to impact the game in a positive way where you can see like, like poorly run clubs can get money now and save them from those, those folks who work for them to actually have money. And that, that can produce a better quality on the pitch. And you can see better, better things from that in terms of the sports side. I will say, I think there is a point to be made that like, state-run government specifically in the middle east there needs to be some sort of oversight because we know that those companies are run off oil money and they're they are sports washing at a certain point like you can say that about manchester city newcastle united but i think it's important to note that like without the oversight with the oversight they would be fine yeah but but the fa which is the football association in england doesn't care right right now they don't care yeah, and I'm contrasting that with um, Live Golf, which is bought and per- bought and managed by the Saudi Sports Group, which also tried to buy Formula One for like twenty billion dollars a couple months ago. Um, I wonder if the Saudi Sports Group is the one that also owns Newcastle United, because the Saudi Group bought Newcastle. Certainly could be. I mean, they're all oh, that beer, good beer. I mean, that it's. Would, it's <laughs> It's tricky to, to like define like some of these companies or these entities that are buying these teams. And I'm not trying to like place blame on those folks because the, the people that own baseball, basketball, and football teams in the United States are just as shitty, if not worse. Dan yeah. Snyder. Dan Snyder being one. Um, Stan Kroenke being another. Um, Stan Kroenke owns Arsenal Football Club. Oh, and yeah, also and also St. Uh, not St. Louis Rams, LA Rams, right? LA Rams now. And he in yeah. fact was sued by the city of St. Louis and all of the owners had to pay to yep. cover the $700 million fine that he got. But so, I mean, we're, we're also seeing American baseball owners, Todd Bowley, who owns the Dodgers, bought Chelsea football club. Um, so we're seeing American investment in waves into the sport, into European soccer because European soccer is more, you can make, a fuck ton of money owning a football club. I mean, I, a successful football club. Let me rephrase. There, there's got to be a ton of money in it because how much did Qatar pay Messi? It was like two hundred million, five hundred million. Ronaldo, Ronaldo. I thought they paid Messi that much too. No, they paid so Ronaldo. Messi, like Messi went million. to PSG. Yeah. No, no, no. They for just for to do just to do like you know how they had Beckham doing those. Oh like, yeah, 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 yeah. I know just for about. advertisement endorsements alone, they paid him like two hundred million. That's crazy. Think about yeah. 
think about just for just for him to say, hey, come check out Qatar. It was worth <laughs> $200 million to them. And the return on investment is probably even bigger, which is crazy. There's so much money to be had in football or as we call it, soccer. Soccer. Footy. Which it's it's just Footy. important to note that like a player like Ronaldo has the most I think he has like the most or second most Instagram followers. So like mm-hmm. like those players, when you talk about global superstar, you have kids, you have kids in the middle of nowhere with like South American countries, African countries wearing wearing t-shirts with number seven and number 10 and their names on the back because like they want to be messy. They want to be Ronaldo. Like you don't see Tom Brady's name at some like Sahara desert kid, like, or some African little kid, unless it's the the loser of the Super Bowl shirt. Like, yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> like those kids aren't, those kids want to be Ronaldo. They want to be Messi. They want to be Neymar. They, at certain points they want to be Mosala. Like Mosala's impact on Egypt is so large that they had to change the history, the, the educational curriculum, and added him into it. So they learned about Mosala. Like we're not adding Tom Brady, the goat for some, or for should be. Probably oh no, he, he's actually he's fully in um Bo- the Boston educational or the Massachusetts that, educational curriculum. He is. Yeah, yeah. Tom, he's in eighty for Brady, so it's Tom, Tom Brady. <laughs> So how so, were you I'll at the were you at the opening game for Charlotte FC? Did you end up going? Oh yeah, sixty yeah, sixty nine thousand. Nice. Uh, showed up. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So we, how much was the so Charlotte? Go ahead. How much was the the opening day attendance last year in their first season? It's like seventy, just under seventy four thousand. So that's still yeah. So pretty solid. Yeah. So. We uh, Charlotte last year had I think the number one or number two largest crowded attendance for a soccer match. Uh, it was with the seventy four thousand. I think the sixty nine thousand will probably uh, once again nice sixty nine thousand. Uh, I think we'll be close to if not top probably top five again for the most attended soccer match in the in the in this in the North and South America North South Central America games because uh, I mean Santiago Bernabeu and uh, in in uh, Madrid. And uh, the Camp Nou in Barcelona have can hold like a hundred thousand people somehow. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it, soccer. There is like college football mixed with NFL football here. Like and the passion of yeah, the passion of college football fans mixed with like I care about this professional team. I yeah, I've, I you know I thought like fandom here in America was was pretty intense, but like when it comes to like the local football teams in Europe, they're just like on another level of crazy. Like, oh yeah, it it like yeah, we do tailgate here, but they'll like literally go drink themselves into a stupor before even entering into the stadium. And oh, yeah. like I, I was watching like dudes chew up glass before a Bundesliga match. Like it was, it's like why? Why are you doing this? Because we love our football. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's important. It's also important to that like stadiums are in city centers for a lot of these too. So like you know think about like. But the Giants and the Jets play like it's in the the metal, like it's in the middle of nowhere, right? Like, and there's sprawling parking lots that's that surround it. Like Anfield, where Liverpool is, is adjacent to like townhomes. Like hmm. it's it's like a row of townhomes, a street, and then Anfield Stadium. It's like what? Hmm. Like that would never happen in America. Ballparks are kind of in residential areas here in in a yeah. lot of, but like that's that's kind of the only one. But yeah, those are like twenty thousand st- seat stadiums. Yeah, we're well, talking. Well, we don't zone the same way, right? 
Yeah. Like in, in Europe, it's such a different animal because of that. Yeah. So it's, it's unique to see like that aspect of it. And then, I mean, you have the Super Bowl in America, you have the Champions League final, which is like another super large sporting event that people watch everywhere. So it's, a, I don't know. To me, soccer is fun because of the fact that like the inter- that when you get down and dirty with it, it's really unique. And unlike football, like I don't have to watch a dude get killed. Well, that also happened in a game too. But like, it's just different. Like I'm not watching like slaughter happen weekend and week out. Maybe the scoreline is slaughtering, but like not the dude developing CTE because he played running back for two and a half games. Oh, which that like sorry to d- detract, but um, I I think I was messaging you guys uh, this past what two Sundays ago actually the XFL Gato the, the the opening week weekend of the XFL and I mean like within within the first game i watched like seven like season ending injuries for these guys yeah. it was it was a slaughter out there it was brutal like yeah. <laughs> it's and i think the biggest knock that to go off that like soccer gets is the score like you can see in football like the score could be 3 to 3 but you got to see some dude like rip some other dude's head off pretty much but in reality like if the <laughs> Those score scores i'm really keeping <laughs> yeah in reality like Football in America, it, the, the score ends 21-14, right? That's, b- both teams scored three and two touchdowns respectively. Okay, the end score was three to two. We just arbitrarily added points because you ran it in instead of kicked it in. Like, like so, like, a, a, yeah, a soccer game ends in 3-2. Uh, well, that's the same score as a football game. You just decided to add six points to something that meant hmm. nothing. And, yeah. and realistically, seeing a, seeing a goal in soccer is way more cooler than seeing a touchdown pass. You could just write – it's awesome to see, like, prime Randy Moss, like, absolutely moss the shit out of someone. But to see some dude, like, do a, a freaking, like, spider kick in midair and, like, just rocket a ball from 20 yards out, you're like, first off, how'd that guy hang in the air that long? How did he connect that perfectly? The cross to him had to be perfect for that, like – Tom Brady could just throw a ball 60 yards down the field and Randy Moss can just go get it. Like, that's cool. It's really neat. But also, I like to watch a 5'7 guy jump 47, 47 inches in the air and bicycle kick it somehow. That's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, we're pilled. <laughs> um, are there yeah. any matches that we should be aware of in the next couple of days? Anything good? Uh, not not the next not, not the next couple of days. Uh, next week is the Champions League starts all over again. Um, so they had round one matchups these past two weeks. They do um, Champions League is a two leg affair. So you play the team at your place and then you play them at their place. The next set is next week and the following week. Um, there's some big. You get some pretty big hitters as the Champions Leagues go on. Like you can get uh, Bayern Munich versus Liverpool. Like you right now it's it's Bayern it's a uh, Real Madrid versus Liverpool and Real Madrid and Liverpool have been in two of the last four Champions League finals. They they faced each other in two of the last four. So, I mean, you're getting some really unique play like players to play and teams to play against each other teams with hundred year histories playing against each other. So those things are really, are pretty neat. So um, Champions League next week is probably where you're going to want to be Tuesdays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays is Champions League two, two o'clock. Work. Skip work, sip work, go to the local soccer pub, 
get absolutely hammered by five and then take the train home if you live in New York. And if you live in any other part of the country, drive because America hates public transportation and drive home. True story. Yeah. What's So what I'm hearing is quit my job, start drinking during the day, and then drive around. No, 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 no. You don't have to quit your job. You don't have to. You could just drink. Yeah. At my job? At your job. You work from home, dude. You could... Do it and no one would ever know. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm convinced. Where I am, what Tom I'm acting to... like he doesn't drink it you know, during the day. It's hysterical. <laughs> Tom never held a beer to his lips before in his life. No, I've never yeah. seen this man drink. Well, cool. Appreciate that. Um, that vote of confidence is real nice. Um, well, I think that does it for the topics. And what do you say we move on to assholes and picks of the week? Okay. Sure. I'll start off. Um, I'm going to go with the failing New York Times, as Donald Trump used to call it. Uh, they put out an article. Um, it's titled The Billionaire's Daughter Knows What You're Thinking. And it's a profile on Charles Koch's daughter, Elizabeth Koch. <laughs> And it's basically just a puff piece for a person who's inherited billions upon billions of dollars. And what's really funny, there's a line that really kind of drove me nuts. Um, There's a line saying she decided to dedicate her life to one pursuit, quote unquote, to not be hated. And I think it speaks kind of volumes to the large majority of billionaires um, that like nowadays, like they don't want to make any concessions as far as taxes or, you know, well, you know, wealth tax or overall, you know, capital gains tax to over like improve society and maybe provide us some, uh, you know, I don't know, universal health care, things of that nature. Um, but really work overtime to be like they don't want to become ostracized as people with a lot of money and it's uh again new york times which has a history of being a great newspaper and and doing hard-hitting journalism every once in a while we get something like this where they just put out a absolutely ridiculous article so very stupid. you said this was which coke child uh elizabeth coke and that's the daughter of david or charles i believe it's charles they're all shitty humans for the record. Yeah, but I they're was all just, pieces of shit. I just wanted to narrow my focus on who is the bigger asshole. Yeah. So do, do you know who the, the author of the puff piece was? Uh, let me take a look. Because know. in some cases that can tell you like, it can tell you a lot about the, the, the pointed direction of where that story is going to go. Hmm. I'm looking it up. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> I refuse. Well, Gato, you haven't been here for a while, so why don't you go ahead? With what? Your asshole of the week. I'm sure you have many. Oh, you guys still do that. Oh, shit. Um, uh, I mean, so, like, I was on my way out of uh, San Francisco, and I... And have you ever seen the the Instagram account um, Influences in the Wild? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, we were, you know, I, I got into the Uber, I was on my way to the airport and there was kind of like a traffic jam and it was because right in the middle of a main road in San Francisco was a very interesting couple, uh, trying to film themselves on one of those electric scooters going down 
the road in the middle of the road in San Francisco. And, uh, you know, those things top out at maybe 15 miles per hour or whatever, um, especially with, with two people on them. And so they're just holding up traffic, um, trying to get the ultimate, I don't know, fucking shot of themselves on it. Uh, I can only imagine they tried this probably like five more times because it looked like a terrible fail that one time, but it was kind of interesting. So they're assholes um, of the week for me. But I, I also I saw this interesting article on CNN that was about it tried to make you feel bad for this guy. So um, apparently this guy had deported thousands of uh, undocumented immigrants that had come into the U.S. And uh, it turned out that he was living this giant lie because his birth certificate was fraudulent and he was actually himself an undocumented immigrant. Jesus fuck. And he... Big fucking comedy. (laughs) (laughs) It's so ironic. I mean, but it's, it's kind of crazy because, you know, he loses his job. He loses his friends. He loses his sense of self because he was like, I was put on this earth to deport people. Like that was what became his thing. The best way to cloak yourself is to uh, be the most anti-immigrant immigrant. Yeah. And uh, it, you know, he's, he's pissed at his dad for not telling him uh, sooner that he was living this giant lie, but you know, (laughs) He didn't want to raise any red flags because then he'd be sent back. Um, so uh, it kind of, I don't know if it's necessarily he's the asshole of my week for this one, but like maybe the entire system because clearly this this man grew up, lived an entire American identity just to be told he's not American. And that's a pretty assholey thing in my opinion. So um yeah, back to you guys. By the way, Tom Brooks Barnes wrote that article. Probably there you herb. Go. Just enough time to get that. There we go. Well, thank you, so. Gatto. And you've been gone for a while, so you're allowed to have multiple assholes. Like you're allowed to to have multiple hot takes at once. Uh, Tyler, you being the this being your first um, time with an asshole, who do you got? <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a little crazy here. I'm gonna say I'm gonna call February asshole of the week, ending. Wow, it's a whole ending. ass month. Yep, it's ending tomorrow, which means the end of Black History Month. And every time, I, I just that just feels racist. Like you're just gonna end Black History Month like that. It's the shortest month. Uh, who, of the gave, year. who gave you the power to end it like that, February? Tell me Damn. about it. That's all I want to know. So February ending also is my birthday month. So like, come on now, come on. It's like a double-edged sword here. Like, as as come on, man. you're just gonna end Black History Month on, like that, like that. Doesn't feel right. Doesn't feel right. That's all I'm gonna say. Hmm. It sounds like you have a legitimate grievance here. I just, I just think maybe February should extend a little bit longer. It's the How many month. days would you want February to be, though? Just to piss off the other months, thirty-two. Ooh. Yeah. Interesting. You know who doesn't need a thirty-first? Day August. Mm, I agree. Watch what yeah, you I, just, I agree. I, why does August get a thirty first day? Like that just doesn't. And July, you get two back to back thirty one days. It just doesn't yeah, make any sense to me. It's the summer, you're yeah. not going to allocate more days to fucking March, are you? All I'm saying is, if the groundhog did his job, then we wouldn't have 
longer winters. But that guy keeps – you know what? Yeah, that I'm going to change it. I, the groundhog. I, I have to, I have to agree, ahead. though. Tyler, I have to agree because we have so many things that happen in February, but nothing happens in like – sorry, Q. Sorry, Tom. April or May. What goes on in those months? What goes on? Revisionist history. What goes on? <laughs> nothing happens. Seriously, like because after St. Patrick's Day and March is kind of in the column too. Because after St. Um, Patrick's Day, excuse me, what else goes May, on? May has Memorial Day, the official, yeah. the unofficial start of summer. And I have seen all three of you clowns on Memorial Day <laughs> act your best. <laughs> all right, what about June? Tell me something about June. What's in June? June gets nothing, man. I feel like I feel like yeah, yeah. I just feel like February should go thirty-two days. Just take. Take the four extra days, figure it out from somewhere else. We can reallocate pots, you know. The government does it all the time. Why can't the months? They should get to get together, talk about getting it. Getting rid of daylight saving time. Yeah, what's the point? Yeah. Put two more farce. days in there. And the Catholic and Church will every pissed, four though. years we add an extra day to February. Like, thank you. We're a charity case in February. What is this? What is this? February gets the short of the stake for a lot of things. For no reason. So, that's all I'm saying. You know, I bet if you tell Ron DeSantis this, it will be a, a bill tomorrow. The February Inclusion Act bill. There you go. <laughs> the least amount of kids are groomed in February. February <laughs> will last forever. <laughs> um, okay, my asshole of the week is going to be a return visitor. Um, and this one's kind of a short notice one, but it's Dan Snyder again. Um so there's a new article that's come out. This is Dan Snyder is demanding the NFL and the owners indemnify him against future legal liability if he sells the commanders or he will sue, sources say, angering some owners and renewing talks of removing Snyder. So effectively, he wants them to vote him out. Um, there was another report that came out, too, that said that Snyder was looking for $7 billion and Jeff Bezos was only going to offer him six. And then um, Dan Snyder said, well, I don't want to talk to him anymore. I'll go talk to somebody else. And it's just, he's making this so much worse than it needs to be. He could have taken his 6 billion or fuck his five and a half billion and walked. And he would have made like quadruple the amount of money that he made when he bought the team. Um, it's just, this, this is never going to end well. If he thinks that he's going to be remembered for something in Washington more than just like a shitty owner, this is not the way that you kind of preserve that legacy. Um, but yeah, I don't have much to say on Dan. He's a piece of shit. He's my asshole of the week. Fuck you. Sell the team. Go away. <laughs> Give me Bezos. At least it will be timely shipping for that team. Picks. I can agree with you. Tyler, why don't you go first? Oh, no, don't pick me first. I wasn't ready. Go, Q, go, first. go Q first. Yeah, go Q um, first. So I've recommended How Did This Get Made in the past. I'm going to do Paul Shear's other podcast, Unspooled. It's a movie podcast as well, but it's actually good movies instead of bad. Uh, they actually had the Chapel Boys on there the other day, uh, Matt Krishman and Will Meneker. And they actually like talked about their top three movies in relation to their new podcast ventures that they're doing. Um, so Matt Krishman, who's obviously doing Hell on Earth, he mentioned uh, three movies that relate to the 
Thousand Years War. Uh, I think it was Thousand Years War. And then uh, Will Menneker starting a new movie podcast as well. So he's always been fascinated with Train. So it's the top three Train movies that he did. It was a very interesting conversation. I enjoyed it. What were the top three Train movies? Um, I don't remember the. It was it was because there were a couple couple like older ones um, that I've never seen before. But the one what that I've seen that fucking rules is Tony Scott's Unstoppable with uh denzel washington and chris pine so which is a fucking banger of a movie nice was silver streak in there at all no fuck go back around (laughs) (laughs) so what's the name of that podcast again unspooled okay cool it's paul shear and amy nicholson very good podcast just in general very nice um i will go next so Last week, I had a lovely touch of the stomach flu, so it gave oh, me yeah. a lot of opportunity to watch. Um, right, th- this was a plug for Modium. <laughs> Close. It could have been, trust me. Um, but it gave me a chance to watch a lot of movies um, that I had not seen in a while. I got to watch um, Casino Royale again. I hadn't seen that since it came out. I got to watch The Born Identity and The Born Supremacy again. I hadn't seen those movies in like 10 or 12 years. Born Identity still holds up. Um, I don't think that Supremacy does as much. But a movie that I really liked that I had always seen and said, like, I'm going to watch that. I'm just going to watch something else first was The Hunter with Will- with Willem Dafoe in it. And that movie fucking rocked. That was a sick movie. Um Again, like not a movie with a ton of acclaim to it, not a movie that got a lot of press, but he's just a fucking awesome actor and he makes any movie good. And this one was, he's like a mercenary hunter looking for a potentially extinct animal in Australia or Tasmania. And it's just his experience. It's a lot of like quiet shots, like a lot of landscapes, but it's him just living on the land Really, really cool movie. I'm disappointed in myself that I hadn't seen it before, but give it a watch. Willem Dafoe in The Hunter. It's on HBO Max, I believe. Hmm. Got it, what you got? Uh, I saw the trailer of The New Scream, and (laughs) I actually was intrigued. And I have not been intrigued with any of the screams in a long time but um it looks smart interesting did you um, see the scream five that came out last year it's no, like it's not. an extension those characters it's an extension of those characters i recommend it it's, it was it's very meta and kind of goofy as screen movies can be at this point mm. uh but it but it's 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 kind of fun so i recommend it Okay, cool. Because like that was kind of the thing. Is like I'm okay if they want to play into the goofiness of it. It's you know? it's inherently very goofy, but yeah, it's it's still good though. I recommend it. The so the the posters and like the marketing for Scream, the new Scream, has been really good too. It's going to be in like New York other, City, which is very yeah. different than any other movies they've done. So oh yeah, yeah. Looking forward to all the people running around New York City with Scream masks on now. Oh god, <laughs> when does that come out? Next month. Uh, yep. March 12th, I think. You do a live stream. You get March, wasted. March 10th, I think. Uh, no, I think we need to do a Cocaine Bear episode. Yes! Yeah. I'll watch that one For or sure. do something like that. A live watch. That would be fun. 
I'm okay with a cocaine bear watch party. I think that shit's going to be brilliant. I think that oh, movie is going to be, be hysterical. I can't wait for the Academy Awards where, and the award goes to cocaine, cocaine bear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, what if I'm they thinking, bring out, what if they bring out a live bear to like accept the award too? <laughs> On cocaine. And they, Give it yeah. some coke and it's just yeah. like loose shit. It really just thanks the cocaine. <laughs> Want to thank, like to the thank cheese? cocaine for making this film, <laughs> for making it all possible. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, five years from now, I'm telling you, it's going to be Cocaine Bear versus Sharknado, and it's going to be amazing. <laughs> With Swamp Thing as like the teaser at the end. He's the referee. <laughs> Tyler, give us uh, your pick. My, my pick of the week is uh, is gonna be is gonna be the uh, manifest. It's on Netflix. Uh, it's on. It's got four seasons, so it's a it's a strong watch. Uh, premise of the show is the plane goes to is returns from Jamaica on its way to Laguardia, I think, and it goes to like some sort of like thing, and while it's in the sky, and they show it five and a half years later. The passengers do. Really cool, really unique show. I'm in season two right now. Um, and I've been kind of binging it for the last like week and a half or so. So, um, but a future because I'm not going to be on the show again for probably a while because Tom's going to be like, "You sucked at this," and God is God's going to be like, "Yeah, that, that Tyler guy fucking sucks." And then Q's going to be like, "Well, he was all right, but no, fuck him." Oh, um, thanks, man. Yeah, <laughs> see, I'm the most reasonable of the bunch. I appreciate that. Uh, Very uh, perceptive, by the way. Is going to be is 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 a uh, season three of Ted Lasso. So. If you haven't ever watched Ted Lasso, I have been, if you know me personally, I've been on record to say Ted Lasso is some of the best television we've had in the past like 10, 20 years. Like the progression of season one to season two and how they've tackled real world issues and how they've uh, sparked controversy, but also using that from a societal edge is really good. And Jason Sudeikis is awesome in that show and how they've helped bring up British actors and things like that. It's a really good show. And I think season three is supposed to be the final, the final season. So if you've never watched Ted Lasso before, it is super easy to binge. It's super easy because you get sucked into the show. So watch Ted Lasso when it drops. I think it's like mid-March is when it drops. So um, worth it. Worth it, in my opinion. How does it stack up with Emily in Paris? Oh, man, that's nothing a tough compares. one. Dude. Yeah, nothing Emily compares. in Paris? Yeah. It's if Emily have- in Paris. If you have to ask that question, Tom, I just don't. You shouldn't even watch television. I, I think it's a valid question to ask. I mean, nah, it doesn't. As Q says, it, it's just it isn't. It's a league of its own. Don't even. Yeah, cancel your streaming services if you're going to ask that question. Well, How do you live with yourself, Tom? I'm just. Yeah. I, I'm just the one asking questions here. Okay. <laughs> persecuting for asking questions you know i think yeah i think you know we found out it was a lab leak and i'm allowed to ask questions now (laughs) and who knows what if ted lasso is a lab leak you don't know that what if somebody leaked the third season and now we all have to watch it this is your fault tyler (laughs) oh my bad that's on me i'll own that one i'll go talk to my i'll go talk to people about it try to be better for the next time i'm on in a year from now yes you're welcome Well, all right, fellas. <laughs> now that we got that BetterHelp promo code out of the way there, um, thank you all for stopping by and um, listening and watching another episode of the Second Mouse Podcast. 
Uh, thank you, Tyler, for gracing us with your presence tonight and dealing with our shit. Gatto, welcome back. Um, and it's nice to see you as a free man. And Q, <laughs> I've seen you before. Yeah. <laughs> um, as we're wrapping up here, just that house, like, like that housekeeping stuff. If you want to all do us a favor and give us five stars in your favorite streaming platform, we'd really appreciate it. We really want to improve our YouTube game as well. We try to cut these episodes up and turn them into clips. Do us a favor. If you don't want to watch the whole episode, or if you don't can't listen to it all, go onto our um, YouTube channel and just watch some of the clips in there. And then lastly, tell all your friends. We're pretty fucking cool. My opinion, hot take. Um, so if you want to continue this conversation, when we're done talking here, we take it onto Discord where we just talk shit to each other and offer ideas and assholes of the week and what video games we're playing. So follow us on the Discord as well. You can find that information in all of the descriptions that we have available. But guys, anything you want to add? Go vote. <laughs> Don't boo, vote. <laughs> cool. I got nothing to add. All right, we're leaving then. Better Bye. <laughs> okay, let's get me a rhythm. Follow me. We are, we are and then he says, and I'm not kidding, he goes, now clap. Please clap. Just clap for that, you stupid bastard. I need applause to live. Turn it up. I can make your hands clap. Go ahead, make your jokes, Mr. Jokey. Joke maker. Ha, suck it, Jack Sparrow. <laughs>